0: Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. Today's episode is brought to you by nobody. Because let's be honest, nobody likes to hear ads. We all just put up with it because we think we have to. Well, you know what? I decided let's not do that for the time being and see how we get along. So let's get into what we all came here for, the actual episode. All right, folks, today we have a special treat for you. I have been looking forward to this podcast all week. Uh, we've been trying to schedule it for a while and it finally came together. I'm super excited. We've got my brother, Mr. Andrew Hoffman. We've got also Mr. Todd Ginger and also Dane Lee joining us today. Now, the last time that Dane was on the podcast, the end of it, we kind of started talking about spirituality and faith and religion and, uh, you know, other dimensions and worlds and all those kind of ideas and things that most people are afraid to talk about. And Dane said that he had a hard time having those conversations with people as normally most people kind of shut down when you start talking about that kind of stuff because they're not very open-minded. They tend to be a little bit more set in their ways just from what they've been told to believe since they were kids. And he said he's never had a chance to have that conversation. I'm like, well, good for you. I know some peeps. So we got the boyos together today as Todd is uh, very familiar with uh, lots of different religions. Uh, Eastern and Western, is very much into the spiritual kind of stuff and then Andrew obviously has a very good background with uh, the Christian faith and the Bible and those sorts of things as well, but is also incredibly open-minded about other things as well. So this wasn't uh, an argument about uh, what religion is best and this and that or anything like that. No, it's just a conversation of talking about different things and, and how it affects our lives and what we should or shouldn't be thinking or not even so much that, it's just um, like, how, how do we, how do we, act? I mean, how do we personally feel and think and what's going on and and just, it was bouncing off everybody and it, it was it was an awesome conversation. I'm really excited about this one, but I'm gonna stop blabbering. Please, without any further ado, sit back, strap in, and enjoy our conversation. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we have a special treat for you that I am very excited about. Uh, we have my brother with us, Andrew Hoffman. What's up,
1: man? Good to be back.
0: We also have with us Mr. Todd Ginger.
1: Hello, hello.
0: And also we have with us Mr. Dane Lee. Hi. So the boyos are on, well, all of us boyos are on. The last time that Dane was on the podcast, we got into a little bit of discussions about spirituality and religion and faith and... Uh, the afterlife and the cosmos and all that kind of crazy shit and and dane said i've never really had a chance to have this conversation with people i'm like well lucky you i know some peeps so uh, we are now on to have that conversation and well let's be honest we've had it a couple times on the show but i think this one's going to be very different as it's just an idea of like what we all think and what's going on and nonetheless of just how we're feeling at the moment right because it always changes at least it does for me like i know i've had some big changes in the last few months so that's all right we can definitely talk about stuff like that as andrew's already laughing at me (laughs)
1: congratulations (laughs) on the
0: transition Uh, oh thanks brother (laughs) i didn't want to break the news to everybody Uh, oh what can i say um so uh dane uh also has his own podcast so why don't you go ahead and plug that real quick and then we can kind of get started i guess
2: uh, that's the Prepare to Win podcast. Uh, do that one with Justin Oliver. Uh, it's on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud. But uh, mostly that one is covering powerlifting information, small business information starting up, especially if people are looking to start gyms or get into the strength coach world. Yeah, and you guys do that weekly, right? Yep.
0: Awesome. So you obviously have weekly shows. It's good stuff. And, uh, well, I mean, it's it's... It's... Uh... Those kind of stuff you talk about, even though, yes, it's about powerlifting and nutrition and those kind of things. But mm-hmm. Obviously, you can take those into other parts of your life as well, right? Oh, yeah. Because like they're, they're just ideas that that they translate into uh, other areas. It's not just specifically about weightlifting or powerlifting, although, obviously, there's a lot of powerlifting talk. But that's okay because, again, mm-hmm. everything kind of goes around. But nonetheless, so the last time we were on, you, you said you had a bunch of different questions. And I guess, uh, is there somewhere specific, maybe we want to start to have an idea of where we're going, or are we just going to just jump into this and kind of see where it goes?
2: I think just jump in.
0: Okay, do you have any main questions? Like, I know I listened to the, the second half of our podcast, I'd say about a week and a half, two weeks ago or so, but I can't remember anything specifically that jumped out at me. It was like, just felt like kind of like a normal kind of conversation to me, because I find these kind of topics interesting, but... I guess, is I guess is there anything specific that we want to maybe kick it off with or ask questions
2: of or maybe something you're not so sure of? There's, I remember re-listening to it afterward, and there isn't anything that stands out as a place to start with it. Okay. Um, but there were things afterward that I ended up thinking about, kind of just trying to reprocess.
0: Okay. Why don't we start there?
2: Um so there was the the paperball theory that I talked about in that one. so R- remind me because I can't remember off the top of my head. So when I was 16, uh, I was taking a philosophy class in high school, and I forget why I was very much the type of student who um, decided that like I wanted to do my own things, um, but not like in a productive way. So, yeah, <laughs> go figure. Teenage boy. Oh, to be shocker, a rebel. right?
0: Yeah. I want to do something different, but it's not going to be good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you can't tell me otherwise and then still get mad at you and you give me a bad grade for it. Um, but for some reason in the class, I ended up writing what was like maybe two pages of this idea of you know, contemplation of the existence of the universe. And that's giving it a lot of credit with that phrase. But it was this thought that if you were to sit down and think of yourself where you are on the planet and then you expand that out and you go to the state and then you go to the country and you go to the planet and then you keep going solar system into the galaxy, into the universe, um, and you take it into what, as far as the imagination, can conceptualize like the entirety of what is reality, and then you bring that back down to you, it was this thought that does that actually exist without you thinking of it? And does it rely on you as much as you end up relying on it? And what you had said is, well, yeah, it exists. Like, even if you didn't think about it, even if us right now weren't thinking about that, like, it's still there, right? Like, I didn't know that, you know, Andrew had a glass of water down here. It's there, whether I know it or not, and whether I think about it. Fair enough. But realizing that Like I'm very much a, um, after conversations, I I have to process things before I come up with my questions and think about what it is that I want to say. So because that was very much a spontaneous conversation, and I got to think about it afterward, realizing that there's this whole concept within uh, quantum physics. And what I really love, and maybe this is actually a good place to start off with it, is this bridge between religion faith and quantum physics like quantum mechanics because one of the concepts in it is that you cannot both know where something is and then also measure it like as soon as you say this is where a particle is you cannot say how fast it's going is the Heisenberg principle but if you say how fast it's going you can't say where it is and one of the key phrases... Because it's in a state of constant change, or it's always moving, or... It's a paradox that I don't know enough specifics of. Okay, fair enough. But one of the phrases of it is that the observer determines reality. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a beautiful phrase that doesn't get applied enough outside of physics. Doesn't get thought about enough outside of that context. Because in the moment that you then think about and contemplate like the entirety of the universe you've now, because of that observation, you haven't changed reality because you cannot change just by observing, but you have now determined what it is that you were going to measure. And I think that there's something in that that is bigger than my brain is able to think about that has this carryover to religion. And it's something that I've always thought that as much as we know about science... We know that there are like infinite realms that we just simply aren't smart enough to figure out yet. We haven't gotten there. And I think that that concept, like that open-mindedness, like it needs to be applied in like all areas of life. And if it can be applied there, it can also be applied to religion, the faith, that there are areas that we haven't explored, we haven't figured out yet. And at what point, as you explore that and expand it, and you explore and expand quantum physics, do you get to the point where you have this area where it overlaps, or unification? And that, to
1: me, is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm <clears throat> just kind of piggyback on that for a second. guys. I've, I've watched a lot of material um, that that do, um, you know, especially as, as these just quantum mechanic discoveries, you know, it's, you know, we're almost you know at the the rapidness at, w- at which we're you know um almost uncovering this new this new science um it's been a lot of uh either comparisons with religion or you know um i, I don't want to say validations um but things like 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 dane was saying like you know quantum mechanics goes so far as to say that something doesn't exist until it's observed you know and only when it's observed in that spot you know can you does it cease to be there which doesn't make any logical sense to us because like you said this glass of water was here whether you knew it Mm -hmm. but of course I could say well I've observed the glass of water Matt observed the glass of water when he gave it to me but taking it farther into like you know the stretches of the universe does that exist if we don't observe it all everything you know outside of our observable universe does that then mean that it really does not exist until it's observed logic would say well no it's of course it's up there you know it's obviously given that what we do see is billions of years ago, you know, into the past when we look up there, but yeah. Cause we're essentially looking into the past, right? Yeah. Because that light, yeah. It hasn't gotten to us
0: yet. Mm-hmm. Even but, though some but, of those lights may be extinguished. Yeah, exactly. Like at this moment, but, but. but quantum
1: mechanics goes so far as to say like things, you know, you, in order to be, in order to exist, things must be observed, um, which, you know, gets into string theory and thing like that, which, which does, I think why it is, kind of correlated with religion a lot is because a lot of these things uh with these quantum mechanics discoveries like religion go against your natural logical thoughts you know they um they claim hypotheses that they can't prove but they have the mathematics that say they're true but they they don't they don't make any sense to us because they're so brand new and i think that in that way it's there's a great parallel between you know these new discoveries and what we've been dealing with as a species with you know faith and the unseen and stuff in the past and at some point like i said i don't want to say it's a validation on the faith side but you know um it i think it's brought two two schools of thought closer together in the terms of hey look at some point we're going to have to believe something that we cannot that defies logic and I mean, isn't that the whole idea of faith? Exactly, because right? like you can't yeah, but now physically it's, prove yeah. it. And we've and it's always that's always been you know I guess the knock against faith is it's faith by definition. But now you've got the scientific community also you know relying on some of the same principles where things they don't make sense logically. They even in some cases go against previously you know known things. You know even to the point where like Dane said, we can't we don't have any Logical, we don't have any evidence of parallel universes, but we have the math and stuff like that that can, that proves them, even though we can't experience them yet. So, in that sense, uh, you can kind of see the parallels.
0: I mean, that's an interesting thought of like the idea of like they've got the mathematics to prove like a parallel universe. Which people talk about all the time. Like, sure. what, what if there's another place where yeah. the people are doing this just in the same like location oh, yeah. and everything so else? You it's can like go such, such rabbit yeah. holes. Like it's, that. it's so crazy. You start to think about it, but it's like also, but there's also a bunch of people who think that we're the only intelligent beings in our universe or galaxy or what <laughs> yeah. have you. And it's like I highly doubt that. I mean, look yeah. look at
1: all the the ever expanding. Well, I've just watched a bunch universe. of videos on the Fermi paradox, and it's like when you, you watch those and you're like, okay. I don't know what that means. Well, the, the Fermi paradox basically says if if at some point, you know, if, if we're not the only intelligent life in the universe, at some point, where is everything else? Where is the evidence of anything else? You know, so I mean, I guess like, do you need evidence, or is it just like an
0: idea of saying like, there's so many other inhabitable planets or whatever? Well, yeah, like it doesn't mean have, that there's yeah. exactly like us, like somewhere else. No, but I it mean, could be a different life but they've form. Done, what yeah, have I mean, you? they're
1: just in this galaxy. If I'm not mistaken, I, the number could be wrong because I've watched some videos, but I think in the Milky Way galaxy alone, there's Ten million planets discovered. You know planets that have been identified that would fit within the constraints of an Earth-like distance from the sun, ground temperature, things like that. But that's so, if you're,
0: you're only looking for planets in the Goldilocks zone, like ours. Oh is, no, 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 that's right? what I'm saying.
1: They're just going on a on a, on a small scale of and small being the Milky Way galaxy yeah. as opposed to you know the observable universe. But they're saying just in in what we can comfortably. You know, what's comfortably around us enough to be able to make these these um, determinations is, you know, tens of millions of possibilities there. So, you know, it's again one one of those things that say it doesn't it doesn't make sense that we would be the only people here. It doesn't, it, it seems lo- er- it logically, seems it does not make sense to say it. Sense. It seems that we're the only life form. I mean, yeah. We
0: may be the, one of the only intelligent life forms. That's, but there's got to be kind other of life where
1: forms. Where the Fermi paradox kind of, it kind of, that's the end, that's pretty much where it ends up is that. Yeah, that there's a possibility that we may be the most advanced, you know, as far as it's I mean, it's a chance given right, the like, age of the Earth and stuff like that that we could be right well, now the well, pinnacle exactly of like how, how many millions
0: life. of years is the is the Earth old like right I I, mean, I don't 4. remember four point six billion or something, something like that. It's, like yeah. ridiculous and how long have like humans like in our form been around like
1: like yeah I mean I, like like a blink
0: of that yeah, I mean right. just like it's such a small yeah. thing whereas like you start off with. Well, single-celled organisms, multiple cell organisms, and you get the dinosaurs and all that kind of stuff, and you get, obviously, like, long over time, like, you basically get, like, what we are now, but, you know, what are we going to be in, you know, another billion years? I mean, who, who the fuck knows, right? I mean... Like nobody has answers To these questions Which is why they're fun To think about But they also might Keep you up at night Like they do me <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everybody's looking at me Like no They don't keep me up at all <laughs> like, I'm, I'm fine <laughs> right. Yeah I think about that stuff I, Yeah I, mean, I think it's interesting I was staring
1: into the abyss Last night You know Nothing wrong I could find. Nothing wrong with that Yeah So I want to play around With some psychedelics Well no I was not doing that
0: Well I know That's why I want to do yeah. it I want to look at that Kind of shit From a different yeah, perspective well, you should <laughs> Any, any uh, thoughts over here Todd being very quiet now
3: No it's just An inter- interesting conversation and just well, well please
0: like a listen. Like, what are your thoughts on some of the stuff that's been um, talked about?
3: Well, as you guys were talking about, the one thing that I was thinking about, I remember because I took a bunch of philosophy classes, and like, philosophy is just one of my favorite topics. To so just, just weird things just boggle your mind, you know. And like, I remember there was a philosopher who his whole theory was nothing exists until you see it. So, like, everything behind me doesn't even exist until I turn around and actually observe it. So, like, it just disappears into the abyss. And I think about that all the time. And I'm like, like you said, it just doesn't defy logic in your mind. But, like, it was an interesting theory to at least hear what the guy had to say to Mm -hmm. it. Um, Does it make sense? No. Because I know the damn walls behind me. But, according to this guy, it may not be. So, who knows?
1: It's basically the scientific, you know, quant. It's it's, you know, if a bear shit in the woods. You know? <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that, that's exactly That's right kind it is. of like when the yeah when you stretch out quantum mechanics to the you know the long game.
0: Well, I mean, it's like the age the old story of like if the tree falls in the woods, is there actually sound? Like science would prove. Oh wait, yeah, that's the like, saying. Not uh, or, if a bear
1: shits in the woods, does anyone hear the bear so that, shit? That's, that's more of like if a, a tree falls. Like, like, in like the a woods. hey, <laughs> are, are, are you smart? Does a bear <laughs> shit in yeah, the woods? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, of course. True. Does like, a bear like, shit like, if you don't see the shit?
0: I have no evidence. Uh, hey, that, that's one of the reasons why people don't believe in uh, Bigfoot, right? They don't find any Bigfoot scat. Um, <laughs> Seems
1: as good yeah, good yeah of a reason if
0: right. any. Well, you do find bear scat in the woods. Yeah. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, you're breathing in the mic. Stop it, sir. Sorry. Um, <laughs> such a mom. I apologize for breathing. It's, it's annoying. Listen to it later. Uh, I could deal with it now, but later, later, it sucks. Uh <laughs> it was like mouth breathing or...
1: No, just right. a, just existing. I don't. No. I didn't hear anything, to be honest. No, 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 it's, it's all right. But yeah, this guy. It's, it,
0: it is what it is. Uh, it's, mm. it's probably probably more like the deep breath of your nose, honestly. But hmm. I mean, you gotta be, uh, you gotta lower your levels when you're when you're with us and be more of a mouth breather. Okay. And, and okay. nice, nice, and nice and quiet. Not. <sighs> no, that that <laughs> And just make fun of me. Stop it. All right, get over here. Just uh, insulting the guests. Hey, right hey. Out of the I'm just trying here. to make a better audio quality for everybody else listening. It's it's all right. I love <laughs> Sorry, you. Dane. We'll, we'll we'll cut this out later. Yeah. As, as I wink, no, right. we're not, not going to cut it out because that I means way too much editing for me. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I obviously, one of the interesting things about this whole topic in general, right, is the fact that most peoples that, that we have any kind of record of believe in some sort of deity, some sort of God, some sort of overpowering being, right? But then you've got all the scientific things that come out and say, hey, it, no, it's all Big Bang and there's no God or there's no this or there's no that or whatever. And it's like, Obviously the answer is we don't fucking know. Like nobody knows. Anybody who claims that they know is full of shit. Now, there's obviously people who believe what they believe and they have faith, you know, but that's that's okay. That that's different. But for some asshole to come out and say, No, this is exactly how it is and this is why, it's like, well, you don't know oh, that I know. I know. Well, I don't think I believe you said. <laughs> so. but, but it's it's just it's interesting because when we start to talk about all that kind of stuff, it's like it makes sense to believe in like a higher power. A lot of things because there's so many unexplained things that we just have no idea of. Mm-hmm. And the, the the crazy idea that there was an explosion somewhere and then some carbon particles like got onto this 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 rock that we're on now. It's a spaceship flying through space, mm-hmm. right? The Earth, you know, and said, so, "Oh, then, then that created life." And it's like, well, is that true? It's possible. It's it's highly unlikely in my mind, you know. But is that just as believable is some invisible man who lives in the clouds somewhere
1: right. who
0: just said, there it is. And it's, it's there. And it's like, well, that's kind of far fetched too, because like, if then, the, if there's God, it's like who created God. And that's the question that I've been struggling with for the last handful of months that has hit me hard. And it's like, it's just a simple question that my brain doesn't have an answer to. And it's freaking me out. Cause I used to always believe that there was a God. And I believe personally that if there is a God, God is love. God is not fear that religion sometimes uh, speaks and all those kind of things. But it's, again, it's just that idea of, uh, like, uh, I know, Todd, you and I have talked about this a lot. It's like the idea of, like, Jesus' teachings. I think most people, even atheists, can all get on board with this. Like, you know, like, don't throw stones. Like, don't, don't ridicule the people. Love everyone equally. And hang out with the hookers and everybody else. Like, they're not less than you. It's like, no, it's. Like all this kind of crazy stuff It's like, hey, just I don't know, be loving, kind to your fellow man. I, I I feel like we've obviously forgotten that in today's society, as everyone just yells and screams at each other for no goddamn reason. Uh, it's crazy to me. But I was like, I but I but again, I think everybody can get on board with the ideas of of love and acceptance of of everyone else that like the Jesus had talked about, like mm-hmm. in Jesus' teachings, right? You know, it's like, but it's like. If you go there, it's like, okay, I think obviously in historical terms with Roman uh, documentation and the Bible and those kind of things, we can obviously all agree that Jesus lived. He was a person. He was here. Now, obviously to believe that he's like a deity, like the son of God, like that, that's a stretch for a lot of people and that's fine. But then there's also the faith of that as well. And that's, and that's okay. Is that any crazier than believing that a fucking explosion created all of this? And all the different planets and worlds and stars and everything else—I I don't know—but again, that's that's the one thing that I've been struggling with personally. But it's like again, the peoples of all throughout history, whether they're intelligent or not, like they all pray to some sort of deity, whether it's nature or the the Greek mythology or you know like whatever god they want to call it to me it all seems like the same thing i know a lot of like the different religions and sects and those kind of things they they think that they're all different but it's like aren't if it's if there is a god aren't you all praying to the same god i know south park makes fun of this right it's like you know it's like oh we're gonna win this ball game because they're praying to the wrong invisible man but our invisible man's gonna it's like okay hold on let's let's think about this like wait a second and I, again, I can understand the difference of beliefs and religions and that kind of stuff. I understand that. That's in cultures, everything else. No big deal. That's easy. But it's like, again, if if there is a God, like who created God? But if there's not a God, like why do all these people believe there is a God?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would—I guess I would say to the first part, don't—don't don't keep yourself up at night, basically, because at the end of the day, you're either believing in an infinite God or—of course—or infinite matter. So but again, these, some, are, these are things yeah, that are so just—they're like, there, and I try not to allow them to keep me from yeah, sleep at night. Just, but you just have to just say you, it's—you kind of have to start from literal square one, and that is basically infinite creator, infinite matter. Yeah. You know, neither make neither make any logical sense, but you, you know. You got to start somewhere. Yeah,
0: my, my biggest place to start for me is always like I don't know, and I, and I love yeah. the fact that I can say that because it's like I'm open to any possibility. Like, I mean, like some some certain things don't make sense to me, and some certain things do. But I like I don't know, and, well, I, and like the yeah. weird thing is like I, even though I'm searching for the answer,
1: I know I'll never find it. And that, maybe, that, maybe that's that, the scary that's part. a trait of I would say your most probably your most notable. Um, People either in the field of science, you know, when you look at people like Galileo and Einstein, Newton, people like that, that, uh, you know, they wouldn't go so far as to say, okay, I believe in the God of the Bible and this and that. But, you know, there we don't know. know, Even Stephen Hawking towards the end of his life, you know, it's like there was that at the, you know, it it seems like there's intelligent design, but we're not going to go, obviously not going to go so far to say, well, that's the God, that's Jehovah, basically. But, and, and I think the same thing can be said for your successful um, evangelical people. You know, you I, I very rarely will hear, you know, at least nowadays, somebody take a hard stance and say, well, this is all fact and blah, blah you know. Yeah. You're not, because you at can't. the end of the day, we you know, you're not going to reach anybody that way. All you're going to do is be in your own echo chamber, which is going to be very small because, you know, anybody su- who's successfully going to, you know, play a role in. Um, you know, either, you know, teaching or making disciples, converting and stuff like that. Anybody that's going to play any type of legitimate role is going to have to approach it from the perspective of, look, I'm not the authority on any of this. You know, I believe God's the authority and, but I believe my, my, my mission is to one, like you said, is to love and to answer questions and to lead where, where needed and, you know, where asked but at the end of the day if i come off as you know well this is how it is and you're just dumb if you don't get it like i've done nobody any service yeah me. i've discredited myself and and i've lost any potential chance of of you know helping somebody absolutely
0: and I, the the one word that sticks with, with me there is the authority mm-hmm. and i think that that's something that we all search for right is like is an authority is somebody who could tell us like yes this is this is how it is and this is why and like because we don't understand that we want to find that so unfortunately yeah. there's a lot of charlatans and people are crazy out there who are like well believe me and I'll tell you why and then oh by the yeah. way pay me all this money and do whatever and it's yeah. like oh god let's let's not go there I mean, I've had and people, I think that's yeah. obviously just the fails of just the human sure. condition right because like we all we all want power and, and wealth and money and all those kind of things and some people it's their only drive like where some of us yeah. have to push that down and be like hey no let's just love each other and let's just be and it's okay and just exist but some people like obviously go to the top we can talk about politicians that's like like they crave that position whereas like i was talking about this the other day with some, of some friends of mine it's like no sane person wants to be a politician you know some people do it out of duty because they're like hey i see things are going bad i feel like i can make a difference i'm gonna go do that but the ones who crave it and want it they're almost always like just lizard people you know well there's that but they're 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 corrupt but they're 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 just they're they're power seeking Animals, I mean, they're just going after it so bad, and it's like, but again, that that's just humanity. Like, haven't we done that from again the the dawn of time? I mean, we we have such a small window to look at our existence on this planet as as this form that we're in now, and it's like, how much of this has we forgotten? Like, I'm, I'm actually the Egyptians came up with a bunch of this shit, and how many tens of thousands of years ago was that? I mean, I was like, they they tried to date that kind of stuff, but aren't they coming up now and saying? that, hey, like all this erosion stuff on the Sphinx and the pyramids, and all those kind of things, that's all water damage. So, like, so that that hasn't happened in this how many thousands of years. So that had to have been there before that. So it's even older than they thought it was at the beginning. And now they're, they're finding what proof of civilizations back to like They're carbon dating it for like hundreds of thousands of years, and Mm -hmm. it's 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 mind blowing. All the kind of crazy stuff that's come out. I don't understand it all, and I've only ever heard like blips of it, like on podcasts. I can't speak to it intelligently, but it's it's interesting to think about. But I mean, but again, coming back to that authority, it's like I think that we all kind of search for that. You'd hear that like in primitive uh, nations, like the, the 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 elder. Or the the wise man or the the person who could talk to God and if they were smoking the right peace pipe, you know, or or whatever, you know, but it's like, but how much of that is consciousness, right? I mean,
3: (sighs) I had a conversation with a a, uh, priest years and years and years ago, and I had a lot of different conversations with different priests throughout my throughout my life just because you know you, have, you look for questions you inquisitive like bastard you I, know, I, know. I love you for it and um like a lot of them i would just challenge like like beliefs and like why is all these things the way that they are and i was having a, a conversation with uh, one of the priests at the church we used to go to in Kaga falls and uh, a lot of people didn't like the guy um but i always appreciate him because he was just blatantly honest well here's the
0: thing a lot of people do not like honesty yeah they'll tell you i want you to be honest with me but then their feelings get hurt oh totally so people do not like people who are honest
3: yeah like there was one time he he was having a conversation with us and our kids were little and he goes he goes yeah a lot of a lot of uh, patrons get mad when the kids make noise in the church and he goes what would you like us to just ask them not to come and it just shuts them right up you know which was a great reply to these people. Yeah, right? it's
0: tough for kids to sit down and yes. listen to somebody else talk for an hour or an hour. Exactly. So It's tough for them to get through that.
3: So anyway, I was having a conversation with him about, you know, I said, "Look, there's how many different religions in this world? Who's right? Who's to say one's right and one's wrong?" And uh it was one of the most honest conversations I've ever had with a with somebody at, the, at a clergy, and he just looked at me and goes his, his face kind of dropped. He's like, "Look, he goes, as long as you're not following some, and he pointed across the street to like the Ernest Angley facility. He goes, as long as you're not following something like that. I don't know what that means. Ernest Angley is a televangelist. Who, Grace Cathedral, man. Yeah. yeah. He believes in, um, you know, he's one of those people that he he puts his hands on
0: people and yeah, you're he healed. healed. Oh, okay. You know, Feel like magical power. Can, yes. can, I, can I real quick sure, tell please. you that
1: back when I was seven years old, my friend in first grade went to Grace Cathedral. That's where he and his family went. Okay. And... I went there and I told – I went up after the service and told Ernest Angely that I was going blind so he would try to heal me. Yeah. And he did. He played along <laughs> or or thought that I was being serious, but I'm dead serious. I had Ernest Angely try to cure my fake blindness. Oh, that's awesome. And that's a, you know, it's a true story. <laughs> is he still alive? He's not alive, You know, it? I don't. I don't know, to be honest with you. I I remember the the greatest story about him I heard is that out in front of their church, and they had this big church in the falls next to that big tower thing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. If you can heal people, you can get a lot of money from people. Where it is, is there was he had his wife buried in front of the statue, in front of the church, and he buried her with a telephone so she could call him. Nah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Now, of course, like myths tend to spread but I remember back in the day like that was the big Ernest Angley rumor is that he buried his wife with a phone you know well he used to front of the church (laughs) (laughs) that's
3: great he used to actually have a a plane that sat in the in the parked at Akron Canton Airport that was the size of Air Force One it was huge it just sat there for him to use whenever he wanted so you can tell me how much money that guy had but anyway so the basically the priest said look we're all praying to the same God at the end of the day You know, and it was great to hear him say that because it was like that makes me feel better. It makes me feel better. At least I have this this priest who's been studying you know the Bible and everything. So he he would
1: he would say that like so like a Muslim is praying to the same God as a Buddhist as we didn't get into
3: far enough details, and I wish I would. I didn't know enough about other religions at the time to to carry that conversation a step further. But I wouldn't mind
1: carrying it further with him. Oh, I would too. Him, but I don't think he's there. I don't think he's there anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's so. probably a good reason for that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, kidding. <laughs> <be>. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? But um, it was interesting. It was
3: interesting. You know.
0: Now, when you talk about these crazy assholes who think that they can lay their hands on people and heal them, or the let's even say like the people who speak in tongues, mm-hmm. right? Who have this magical language come into their head and all this kind of stuff, and they're just blurting it out for for everyone else to hear what have you because it's the word of god or or whatever it is that they believe like sure. who cares whatever god they pray to right which again i believe it's all the same person but uh andrew's over here maybe shaking his head about that one a little bit but we we, we can talk about that later what do i know yeah well we, we don't know that's the thing none <laughs> of us know it's it's all right it's, it's okay to question things um but uh do you do you guys believe that even stuff like that is possible so like obviously I believe that most of those people are just charlatans and taking advantage of other people, you know, but is it even a possibility for some enlightened humans?
1: I would say like and I've been around typically they're um you know, what are they calling? The Pentecostals or um that, you know, get um into that speaking in tongues mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't necessarily I don't really prescribe to it. I think most of it, ninety nine percent of it is done for attention and whatever. I'm not gonna say a hundred percent because in the past peop you know, biblically people spoke in tongues when the Holy Spirit entered them. No evidence either, you know, saying that biblically it still happens today or anything like that. So I t te- and I think that and there was a reason that it happened, like back in the book of Acts, there was a reason why people spoke in tongues that held a, it held a purpose. It was for communicating the gospel when to people of different languages when you didn't know the language. It wasn't so you could sit in church and start yodeling, you know, around your neighbors and stuff to look like you're spiritual. Um, So, yeah, um, as far as that goes, do I think it's possible nowadays, And even as far as, like, the healing? Like I said, I'm not going to rule anything out 100%, but from everything that I've seen and these people that claim to do it, um, it's all... You know, it's all an act. I have heard of some of some instances, especially, and they and they're always in like third, you know, persecuted third world areas where there has been, you know, reports of either healing or a mass, you know, speaking in tongues type of thing. But you know, it's always about well, it, it, you know, it, it's never you never see anything like that, you know around here yeah um so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not i wouldn't rule it out but i would say if you're going to see somebody speaking in tongues or claim to heal be 99 yeah, skeptical I'm, I'm, most
0: of it's going to be bullshit i'm, I'm with you 100 yeah. here because <clears throat> i believe personally that a lot of those kind of things are possible but <clears throat> is most of it true no absolutely not uh same example with like psychics you know, can some people be more intuitive than other people? Absolutely. Sure. Like we've all met people that you could just feel like something's wrong, something, the energy's not there. And they can always pick up on it like, hey, what's going on? And it's something about this. And like obviously, psychics are mostly just preying on people's uh, vulnerabilities and like the, the need to want to maybe communicate with somebody beyond the grave or to feel better about something. Or Who knows why they would go to see psychics, right? Because um, like the great example is like, if you ever had to like tell your name to a psychic, it's like, they're not fucking real psychic. Like if they don't know who you are, it's like, well, then obviously you're full of shit. You know, it's like, as soon as they ask you like who you are, when you walk in the door, like, okay, leave in here. But do I believe that some people have better skills at maybe reading other people's or energies or auras? Absolutely. You know, but again, is most of it real? No, it's, it's mostly just, just like cheap parlor tricks or uh, what do they call those? Like, uh, uh, like, like you'd have like a, God, it's like I'm. I'm not thinking like an illusionist, but like a mentalist, like out like in Vegas or something. Oh, yeah, like I sure. read your mind or whatever. And it's like they're, they're they're getting they're getting cues. They might be asking questions like before you get there, so they already kind of know. Or the, obviously there's probably plants in the audience or what have you. Like there's all of those kind of I've things. I've seen like, some. Oh I've my God, it's mentalists
1: amazing. that that you would think like you would think, man, it's, it's witchcraft. I mean, yeah. Like I've seen like no, absolutely mentalism but, but I, but is a think, real thing. But I think a lot of those are tricks. But well, their tricks insofar I do is, believe that some of that is real. Yeah. They they are doing there's no like hidden like note cards with answers. There are things that they do to to be able to, like you said, put your mind on a certain track, get you to certain yes. get you to think of certain Lead things. Lead you down the path. Can tell you, it can pretty much put a card in your head pretty much mm-hmm. because they know that humans are predisposed, predispos predisposed. Whatever, I'm too, too early. You know, to see red as, a, as opposed to black, to see odd numbers as opposed to even numbers. You know, so that with those type of things, yeah. they can they can predict a card sometimes within you know two to three chances. I did it to my own kids on vacation. <laughs> I, I, try, I wanted to try it on them. I was like, it "Blew their you minds. Know, Pick any card in the world in your mind. Don't tell me what it is. And you know, he's sitting there, and I'm like, nine of Hearts," and he his mouth floored. And he was like, hot. He, he he was like frightened. And I was like, I showed him the video, I was like, all you did was just do what a human go to the first thing humans are predisposed. But you also you're also without
0: realizing it leading him down the path of picking what you want him to pick. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But so, you know, that stuff is I wouldn't put that in the same in the same category, psychic, but it is, you know, when you're talking about why people go to psychics, I think it's a lot of times why people go to religion. You know, you're looking for a quick answer, you're looking for comfort, you're looking for I'm scared of death, or my family member just died. I can't process it, so a lot of times people will go to a psychic for the same reason they might go to religion. I think once they deal do with, do you their think
0: tr- maybe they do that because they're not religious, so well, they they don't have yeah, like yeah. a place to yeah, go? Yeah, I, I think typically you, you'd
1: have somebody that maybe grew up in the church that maybe not might be, not be religious, but they're like, hey, I'm going to give it another shot because I'm at the lowest point in my life. And then you would have other people that are like, you know, I've never been. I've never been prescribed any type of faith, so. But I've heard, you know, about these psychics, and I'm. But you're going, you're looking for the same thing. You're looking for comfort. That's interesting. You're looking for answers where there's some where there's just sometimes shit happens. Yeah. But you need to be able. There's obviously no
0: real answers. Yeah.
1: Everything this does always break down. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Sometimes shit just goes back. And and I would say probably nine times out of ten, once that person has processed their grief they either move on from the religion yeah. or the, whatever was but, giving them comfort. But here's the thing time. though,
0: it was like religion can be such a great thing for people because what is, it's a community of like-minded people who were probably trying to be better people, better stewards in their community who want to help and love others and do all those kind of things. Like these are great things to have in our society though. So it's like the people, I mean, I, I mean, I poo-poo on a religion a lot. Like, I'm I'm guilty of right, that. It,
1: it brings out the best and the worst of people. Oh, but,
0: but here's the thing, though: it's okay. like just because there are some shysters in it, doesn't mean that there's not good that can be had from it. Sure, just, just like is what I'm trying to like Most say. things, yeah. absolutely. You know, it's like, again, if you get somebody who's craving power or wanting this, like what are they going to do? They're going to form a cult. They're going to form a religion most times because they they're going to look they, for vulnerable people. Yeah, exactly. Because they can people. prey yeah. on others. You know, but if you get a great you know, a, a preacher, pastor, whatever you want to call him like like Todd was talking about earlier, somebody who's like, who's just open and honest. Like, guys, here's what it is. Here's what we're here. Here's what we believe. Here's why we believe it. Well, we can't prove it, but it's just our beliefs. But yeah. if we're just here to support and love each other, we can make better for our communities and whatnot. Like I remember a good friend of mine. Uh, he talked about his uh, pastor, who who I believe is what all pastors should be in like the the Christian faith um, in in the in the modern times that we are in now, right? And, like, what he wants to do is is help his community. And he doesn't believe that the government should do it. He's like, we should do it as a church. This is our duty. We're privileged people. Not privileged. Um, we have a lot. We're, we're, we're very fortunate. There we go. We're fortunate so we can help out the others who are less fortunate. And they do all kinds of outreach programs. And, like, specifically around here, uh, something that is big is, um, is uh, the Amish people. Like, there's a bunch of Amish people around this area, and they have a very close-minded religion. I don't understand a lot of what they teach and what they believe, uh, but I know it's very close-minded. And they they have this uh, time in your life where it's like a, like a walkabout, where you can go and you can explore the outside, world. they call it the English world. Um, and then you can decide for, I think, it's, I think it's two years, I think it's like 16 to 18, I think, something like that. So, mm-hmm. during that time, you can do whatever you want, you can... You can you can smoke, you can drink, you can have fun with your friends, you can go out and drive, you can do all these kind of things that go against what the church believes. Obviously, the church being very like minimalistic. Um, but you but at the end Rum, of that, Rumspringer. Rumspringer, yeah. yes. But you have to decide you know at I the end so. of that whether you're going to join the church or you're going to leave it to become English, as, as they call it, like which is just a member of everyday society, like we would see it here, but. The problem is with a lot of those – I think they're changing now. But with a lot of the old um, sects uh, that are in <clears> – <throat> not sects, but sects yeah. that are in the the, uh, the Amish uh, tradition is that the, those old bishops, they kind of run the show. It's whatever they say goes. And so you have to just do whatever they say. And at the end of that, if you choose to not join the church and be English, then they will completely – like, uh, what do you want to say? excommunicate There we go. excommunicates You're no longer <laughs> allowed to talk to your family. They can't, they, you can't be in their house. You can't be over there for Christmas. Like, some them might still have some contact, like, the phone calls or what have you. Because it's funny. People say, well, they're Amish. How do they have phone calls? Well, a lot of them have, like, a phone booth. You know, whereas now, they not so much phone boost. They might have like a cell phone that the community can use. So if there's an emergency, they call 911, they can like run down the street to the box essentially that is a phone box that now would have a cell phone in it probably. They could call for help or do whatever. So they can, they can walk down their schedule of time like, Hey, I will call you at, you know, six o'clock on Friday. So they'll walk down or what have you. No big deal, right? But, but the problem with that is, is that especially for like the young girls, it's like they've got now, they've got no family to fall back on. I've got another world that wants to take advantage of them because they're young and naive and they have been sheltered from a lot of these kind of things. So what what he's doing uh, in this church is they're providing like a, basically like a, like a halfway house or whatever you want to call it for, to bring these girls into, teach them a trade, help them get, uh, forms of ID, uh, maybe help them get a driver's license if that's possible, like do all those kind of things. But then they'll also, they'll take them around to different families who will host, um, not so much outings, but like dinners or barbecues or whatever you want to call it, like a gathering. So they can help teach them to socialize, to talk, to make friends and not just be stuck together with their own little friends that are excommunicated from their churches as well or what have you. And it's like, and I love to hear stories like that. Whereas most people nowadays, they say, oh, well, the government needs to take care of this. The government <clears throat> needs to do that. The government needs to do this. And it's like, no, like we as communities should be taking care of our communities and helping out and volunteering and doing the things that they're doing. So I love that, that fact that he's doing those kind of things. Like those are the great things that I think should come from organized religions and stuff like that. And not, mm-hmm. not just the, the fear mongering. And if you don't do this, you're going to go to hell and burn forever and blah, 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 blah. And don't pay me money. It's like, oh God, here we go. Yeah. You
1: know, but
0: obviously, most of them are not like that. Obviously, you only yeah. hear about the small percentage that are like that. The same is in social media. Right? It's like you hear these people screaming online like it's less than 2% of the population. Like, well, what are we listening to these assholes for? It's like they've got a right to talk and there's nothing wrong with that. But it shouldn't dictate how the rest of us act and feel either. Like, holy hell.
3: Yeah, agreed. I was listening to a conversation on the way over here on a, on a podcast I was listening to. We I'm sure it was the Uncensored Humanity we podcast. Won't, we won't talk about the podcast in the conversation because it's not a topic we want to get into but today. anyway, today today but anyway um <laughs> one of the things that the guy said on there i thought was pretty interesting he he was saying that he goes i hate the term when when people that are religious say well god is in control because because it's kind of to me he said to me that that is giving the the false sense that well you know god is just doing all this stuff you know he's the one who's creating the wars he's the one who's um, creating all these things but he said but we all have free will and we're choosing to do a lot of those things and he's just saying that a lot of people say that out of fear because then then they can go well it's it's not in my hands yes it's not in my hands i thought that was a great point I it's interesting
0: because i've heard that kind of stuff my whole life mm-hmm. from my, my family members who are very religious you know and, and they believe that god is in control and and like he's he's got the wheel and all these kind of things it's like but isn't the problem here is like, didn't he give humans free will? Isn't mm-hmm. that how Adam and Eve fucked up in the garden? Yeah. Like, isn't that how we're at where we're at now? And mm-hmm. it's not just paradise and all those kind of things. Like he gave us the right to choose and we chose to fuck things up, which is what humans do. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's kind of our role around here. It's, it's, yeah. how, it, it is how we roll, yeah. you know? Yeah, for <laughs> but, sure. So it's, it's interesting, but it's, it's, I think that is just a cop out. It's like, take responsibility for yourself and your actions. And that's kind of exactly, it's, it's up to you. Right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, and that's to the same point of view. Like communities need to be doing more things for themselves because it's not up to the government. It's not up to God to take care of those things. It's up to you to take care of those yeah. things and do the things the right way. Absolutely. You know? And I, and I think well, I think with that. a good heart mm-hmm.
0: and to do it because you want to, or just because you want to help your community. Yeah. And just and,
3: had a conversation with my wife last night about that. Like, you know, when you do nice things for other people, why are you doing those things? Because
0: it makes you feel good. Yes, it's a selfish but, reason.
3: But when. But when you do them, are you doing them because you want acknowledgement? Or are you doing them because it's the right thing to do? Yeah. And when people don't get acknowledgement back, then they get mad. It's like, well, they didn't even thank me for it. They don't appreciate it.
0: But you're not doing it for that reason, right? That's you exactly
3: right. Be. You shouldn't be. You know? I like mean, it's, it's, it's something that we all struggle with. I mean, I struggle of with it as well. It's, it's part of the human condition, <laughs> but, right? But then I sit, and I sit I look at myself and I go, why did I do that? Did I do it because it was the right thing to do? or did I do it because I wanted them to, to acknowledge me. You know, and I, and I have to I have to remind myself of that all the time.
0: Yeah, there's there's a great example about this that I was talking to someone the other day and I talked about how I don't know why it is, but for some damn reason, people who don't put their shopping carts back in the parking lot drives me bananas. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it drives me absolutely nuts. So when when I see a cart that's not in the little stall you know, I will go and put it back in the stall. Uh, there's a local um, uh, grocery store here in town that they do uh, like a grocery send out. So you can drive out with your car and they'll load the groceries in your car for you so you don't have to take the carts out. Some people, not knowing that enough from around here, might take the cart out and realize, hey, there's no little cart to or stall to push it back into. I've got to take it all the way back inside if I want to put the cart back. So most people... We'll take it back, but there are some who just leave it. I don't know why it drives me nuts, but somebody was asking me specifically, you know, it's like, oh, well, do you, you know, do you do that to, do you you feel like bad when nobody praises you for that or whatever? And like, well, that's not the point. Like, the point is like, it needs to get done. Like, I'll do it. It's not the end of the world. It's it's not too bad for me to walk, you know, 50 yards or whatever out of my way to get the cart to push it in because I'm going that way anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's not that big of a deal. So I can do that. I don't need the praise for it. It's like, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. And then my, my old weightlifting coach, uh, Dan Bell, he had talked about, there's actually a study done about that in neighborhoods. It's like, you can actually tell the kind of neighborhoods or the kind of people you're going to be around if they put their carts away or not. Mm-hmm. Because there's hmm. essentially, there's no repercussions for not putting it away. No one's going to yell at you. Mm -hmm. The staff will eventually come out and get it and put it away or do what have you. But the people who do put it back do it out of convenience for others. But more importantly, so you don't damage other people's vehicles. Because I've literally seen people just like leave the cart out in the middle of the the parking lot. It starts rolling away and they just get in their car and leave. Mm -hmm. Like it's rolling towards someone else's car. Like it's going to dent their car. Mm -hmm. And they just get in their car and leave and don't give a shit. Now, maybe... They were rushing off to the emergency room because they cut their finger off in the store or something crazy happened. I get it. It's unlikely, but it's possible. Right. <laughs> you know, but it was interesting to hear him talk about it. I need to find that study because I need to read more into that because that's the kind of world that I want to live in. People, Places put their damn carts away.
3: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> What's the same thing with people like when you go to a movie theater, you go to a, a ball game and you buy, you buy snacks. Do you throw the stuff away yourself or do you let the staff take care of it? Because you know they're going to. Yes. But I always throw my own stuff away because it's like it's, it's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, like one of my very first jobs uh, was working in a movie theater. So mm-hmm. a lot of times you have to go in and clean up people's mess and popcorn and soda or what have you. And a lot of people just leave it there and it's fine. Uh, yeah. We're getting paid to come in and clean it yes. up. But you would definitely always appreciate the people that would take it out. And I yeah. always would because I know what those people have to do and they've got enough stuff to do. Because you're always going to spill stuff popcorn or whatever anyway so there's yep. always stuff to do no matter sure. what yep. you know but they don't need to be picking up everybody else's junk too you can put some of that stuff away as well yeah, exactly it's interesting okay, of course interesting so dane you're being awfully quiet over here now so, why yes because you haven't shut up
1: oh <laughs> wow. take it take some wow take Andrew. some take some <laughs>
2: now, i've just been taking notes i've just been like accumulating as we've been talking i knew they would forget most of this <laughs> as i was listening uh, so, if I go all the way back, you made a comment about the philosopher who had the idea that if you don't see it behind you it doesn't exist mm-hmm. um and then that transition, Matt, you were talking about uh the idea of you know Jesus and is he who uh some of the religions believe him to be, et cetera versus like who made God um so I don't know how far back this goes, but like twenty five minutes so there was this uh what do they call it when you independent study independent study that I did in undergrad. Uh, And I was actually working on acting, and the teacher I was working with, he told me about this story where they said that when uh, people came over to what is now America, or the Americans, that when the Native Americans looked out, they actually didn't see ships because they didn't have a concept of what sails were. They could only see what they knew. So they saw clouds. And you hear that and you're like, well, how can you possibly mistake something like that until you realize like, well, we do it all the time. Mark Twain has a story where, you know, he used to go down the rivers and the the boats and he would see things and he would think they were beautiful until he worked on one. And he realized that the little swirl that you see is actually probably a rock or a log that's underneath it. And now you know what you're looking at and you don't see the same thing anymore. I think that's part of what that story is.
0: Yeah, but like, I think not seeing the same thing and seeing something completely different.
2: Because I don't think that they meant as an hallucination. Right. I think that they meant that this is outside of what the brain is able to conceptualize because there is nothing to compare it to. Well,
0: yeah, but if you see something and you don't know what it is, like you can still see it. So the idea of not seeing the ships like doesn't make any sense to me because it's like you might see something but not know what it is. Like, but they, I would imagine they're still going to see it. It's not like they're just going to magically not see what's what's right there for your eyes to see. I, I don't like I, I've definitely heard those kind of stories or analogies or, or whatever whatever you want to call them like before. But it's like to not know what it is is, is fine, but to say you can't see it because you've never seen it before—it's
1: not necessarily. I don't think what he's saying. I don't think it's necessarily they're not seeing it. I think it's like you. What does your brain tell you? What mm-hmm. what would, what could it possibly tell you when you see something like that? Completely novel. Yeah. Like you can't – You we can't even imagine that nowadays because I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think like is there anything that we haven't observed that we would ever come across in life? I can't – I'm sitting – even if I saw an animal or a lizard that I'd never seen before, my mind at least will be able to say, oh, it's a reptile. Because I put it in a category, you know I'm saying? yeah. But here, I mean you're looking at – you're talking about looking out to sea and seeing – you know, a fleet of boats coming, like you literally, your brain, your brain wouldn't have anything to, wouldn't have anything to call it. It wouldn't even be able to say, well, I don't know what those are, but they're probably transportation. You know, when you don't know what Mm -hmm. transportation is. Yeah, but would that mean that you wouldn't actually see them? Because
0: that's the story you always hear. It's like, they literally were standing on the shore, but they couldn't see it because they didn't have a reference You would see it, but you
1: wouldn't, it would elicit no fear. I, I I guess it would elicit curiosity. You would hope so, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I think that, you know, being curious is instinctual, you know, and would go obviously would date back way prior to that. But like there is something to be said for like um, a completely a completely foreign concept to where maybe the even the, the fear, the, you know, the subconscious fear of seeing something like that was so great that the mind had to process it into something that it understood. Well, they're out there. They're getting closer. Like I've seen clouds do that, um, but I, I, I can understand. I, I can definitely understand um, the uh, the independent study in the, in the in the sense that, um, how do you see something
2: that yeah, theoretically? Because the idea of the study It doesn't exist to them. Right. The idea of the study was trying to. I know we've talked about this, <clears throat> like this new version of acting of looking at it. Um, and that's why he made the point is like, how can you see something that in your mind or at least in the minds of others doesn't currently exist? And he was trying to lead me down that route. Now, transitioning is you went, uh, into the topic of talking about like who created God and, uh, the idea of Jesus. And I agree with you. I think that his teachings are very similar to many of the teachings across religion. They're a core concept, (coughs) fundamental, um, And you find them throughout history, throughout the world. And they all have taken like their, take that core concept and you go in different routes with it, which is like our interpretation or the different cultures, interpretations of how these things should be applied and manifest. But if you were to see something that was quote unquote miraculous and you had no concept of what that was, how do you understand it? what would you do in your mind in order to have that be real? What does it become? So when you were asking, like, do miracles happen? Do these things happen, like the spontaneous healing through faith? I think that there are things that human beings are capable of that we have no concept of. We have no way of understanding. But we want to believe that they don't because we personally, as we are, can't. And so it doesn't exist. And it's easier, safer, to say it isn't because I can't or it isn't because I don't know than it is to say even though I can't, it's possible. Because that opens up a realm that we can't explain, we can't put a label on, and we are terrified to not have labels. Um, I think it's part of the reason why if you ever had someone do something miraculous in the past that it became something religious because they because they needed to have a context to explain it away and even if they said i don't know how they did that but it was a religious act it at least gave it something whereas now you know we have scientists who will say like well we can't perform that we can't prove that we and for some reason saying that you can't prove it means it doesn't exist and therefore it has it like this label even though it's on the opposite end of the spectrum but we talked before and I think this is actually how we entered into it was looking at like the movie unbreakable I thought was a fantastic representation of this where Samuel L. Jackson uh, Samuel L Jackson explains. Uh, to Bruce Willis's character, that there were people throughout history who could do amazing things that seemed superhuman. And yet, as they got told over time, like a game of telephone, they become exaggerated. They get turned into these stories of creative fantasy. And they become something far beyond what they originally were. So is it possible that you have human beings throughout history, like very select few who had this ability to create what we would perceive as miracles, uh, even if it's a 1% chance. I do believe that if that occurred, in that context, people would need to find a way to label it. And it would get labeled as a religious miracle because that was often what they had as context to help explain it. And over time, it would turn into something far beyond what it originally was. And that people would then become very split on it, where they're like, well, you, clearly science can't explain that. It's like no one can just like, put their hand on somebody and take away cancer. There's no explanation for it. Therefore, it didn't happen. And you have the people who came from that line of being taught it um, and saying, "Like, no, God made this happen. Well, can you explain how he made it happen? No, I, I can't do that, but like, I don't need to. Like, God made it happen where if you just went back to the origin of it, maybe you might have found this piece of truth that got split along the way. I think that what you had said, that many people, uh, most cultures, most people throughout history have had a belief in a God is an awareness. That there is something like, there's no way that we are the, like, the end all. Like, just look at, just look at energy. Like, the just the simple, I can't say simple, but the base level of physics, when you look at energy, and you want to say that human beings are where that peaks, I don't mean intelligence, I don't mean civilization, I don't mean, like, do we evolve into something more, it's just like we as human beings have a minimal understanding of how everything interacts. We're just now getting to a point where we're starting to understand things like string theory or you know, unified theory of consciousness and that there is this level of wave energy that goes between literally every single thing. And if we can take it down to that lower level, why can we not believe even if we haven't proved it yet think that it goes past us too and past the existence that we're living right now in this realm and if that's the case with like either direction you want to go with it so if we say okay let's put human beings on the middle of the spectrum and we can go all the way down to the idea of like wave energy and the connection of things how much of our thoughts on there being a higher power Come from the fact that something in us is aware of that. You look at Native American religions, and I'm not going to pick certain ones because I'm not well versed in any of them. But when they say, like, you know, Mother Earth, Father Sky, the idea that, like, literally we are brothers and sisters of everything, how much of that is their ability to put into context a feeling or an understanding, an intuitive grasp of the connection to literally everything that comes from, whether you want to explain it from a quantum level or not, this energy relationship with one another in their minds like the Native Americans who saw clouds instead of sails they had to put it into a context that they were able to understand and that grew over time into we are brothers and sisters with everything I you see someone put their hand on someone you know 2,000 years ago and suddenly they appear to be healed how would you explain it you can't right? i mean there is there is no explanation
0: that right. makes sense in people's minds i mean but i think I think, it's, to, I think it's beyond our
2: ability to understand but if you try to i think that over time that would become something far more exaggerated than what originally happened so i did this uh presentation in undergrad uh, i took a Uh, It wasn't a speech class. What do they call those? Because they have a fancier name now in order to make them sound more important. But essentially, I took a class on (laughs) giving speeches. Um, And the one that I gave, my informative speech, was on uh, human beings and their ability to, not from a psychic sense, but their ability to, I guess, empathize. like The idea of empathy and how it you can pick up other people's emotions and energy so the science behind is actually really interesting where uh, human beings are these living antennas we have an incredible amount of electricity that runs through us at all times the we have actually used cameras that show that people do have auras not in a mystical sense whatsoever but literally we emit light and the light changes the wavelengths change based on emotion and who and what we're around. Because we have biochemical reactions depending on who and what we're around and that biochemistry affects what energy is emitted and that energy comes out at a certain level as light. And that light, that energy, has an effect on who we're around. You literally transmit information back and forth. And the amount of light that comes off of it, when, like, there was a website that did the math on it, like, within a, a second, the information that comes off of you, potential information that comes off of you, if you were to use the light as a means of transmission, is essentially the Library of Congress. Every single second. So, if a person has that ability, just innate ability, at any point in time, every human being sends off and receives that kind of energy, that kind of information. Are there people who are more in with it? Absolutely. And what does that intuition or that higher level awareness look like? Does, like you said, does that come down to the elders within a tribe who commune with gods? Does that come down to the, the shaman who goes away for a week or two and comes back and says, this is what I've seen. This is what I've heard. This is what I've been told. But they didn't have a context in order to explain it. So this particular individual was seen as somewhat separate from society because they had this special ability. I think in a way, like many of the things we've talked about, and that's why I I ended up trying to write all this down as we were going, it, it ends up tying together quite a bit. That there are these innate abilities that make us aware of a fundamental connection. And that many times because we want labels on things but we don't understand them, we say that this has to have been a higher power. And they're not wrong, but we don't know why we're right. And because we don't know and we want to know and we're afraid of not knowing, that's why you see these very Strong similarities throughout cultures, throughout history that then took on their own shape and grew from a base root into many different forms. That's what I've been thinking about for the past 20 minutes. <laughs> that's
3: pretty interesting. Some powerful
2: shit there. <laughs> uh,
3: well, I've read, I read a lot of like uh, tribal people or Native Americans, whatever you want to call them. That's the reason why they let their hair grow because that's kind of their antenna. And they don't want to cut their hair because then they lose that intuition, so to speak. And I've mm-hmm. actually read a lot about that. It's pretty interesting. My kids tell me that that's why they don't cut their hair.
1: I think it's bullshit. So,
0: <laughs> so because I'm bald, that means I'm not going to be very yeah, intuitive? Exactly. you be the, you're the, Shit, you're the
1: least in tune that you can get right now. Oh, you got the beard. Though. That's right. Yeah. I, I got
0: the beard because it look like a fucking thumb with two thumbs <laughs> <laughs> without any facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> To, to quote Joe Rogan. <laughs> but honestly,
3: your point about the, uh, the the light and the energy, like I've, I mean, I have, um, I used to be able to see that, you know, I used to be able to see that in people. I don't, I don't practice it as much as I used to. But I think
0: you're still more intuitive than most people. No, I would agree. I think you're that. more in tune with that side with because that. I, I think that you're specifically looking for it. Well, I think mm-hmm. most people are afraid of it sure. they stay away from it.
3: Yeah. And the and the whole discussion of energy, like for me, like the thing that like when I was, you know, I was lost for a long time and, you know, I was trying to make sense of all this stuff because it's so, you know, it's so confusing. And, uh, you know, I was literally going through, um, dark night of the soul as it's so, so as it's called. And so I did a lot of reading and a lot of, um, just, you know, praying, meditation, everything. And, um. Read a lot of books and.
0: Can I ask? Can I another question here? Sure. It's like when you're praying and or meditating, like are are you praying to a deity or are you just looking inside yourself or are you looking to the universe? Mostly or? looking
3: inside myself. Okay. So like, if you ever listen to people talk about the difference between prayer and meditation, they'll tell you prayer is you're talking to God, meditation is you're listening. For whatever that's worth. okay. Um, and meditation really to me is just more It's just slowing like your mind quieting down Quieting your mind Yes And allowing
0: right. it to kind of do its thing Because like yes. you know, There's a lot of things that our minds do subconsciously Like you talked about with like the light emitting I yeah. I believe that people can pick up on those things Because they're yeah. more in tune with that Right You know but but to be able to do that is like First of all, you have to be open to it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and second of all, like, you have to be, you know, like, present in, in, in the moment. So if yeah. you're, your mind's in a bunch of different ways. Yes. Like, you can't do it, but if you can stop Absolutely. it quietly. I I mean, I know, Dane, you and I have talked about this before, is that most people are afraid to be alone with their own thoughts. Oh, there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. They want to listen to music. They want to listen to podcasts. They want to watch movies. I mean, I'm guilty of that one. You know, but it's like... There always has to be something going on to keep their mind occupied because they're they're afraid to sit alone with their own thoughts.
3: I correlate that. Like I go golfing every Saturday and it's amazing the number of people that come out with their damn radios. Yes. And playing golf. It's like enjoy nature, man. You're outside. Like – do you really need to have a radio playing the yeah. whole time? You're and granted, I love go? music. Music sure, to me is
0: the universal language, Yes. and it can it can change your whole mood. I mean, you can yeah, listen to of a song, you, can. you know, like what's the Karate Kid song? You're the best around. Yeah. Like I can listen to that. Like I get excited and I get pumped yes. up. Like I'll like, smiling because it's kind of stupid, first yeah. of all. But but we all think of that movie. Like, I can literally like yes. bring up your your spirits, which which is fine. Without you without know. Me. But there are times to be away from that. Like you said, especially out in nature. Yeah. And just be alone with your thoughts yeah. and just kind of let, let things wander. Sorry. Right. I oh, know that's to... okay.
3: Not a problem. But hey, so for me, like, as I started reading different things, like, I kind of broke it down from, that made sense to me in a logical sense to the basics. You're talking about energy. Like, we're energy. We're all energy. Yes. And, you know, I remember learning this in elementary science. Like, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only change state. Hmm. So, so to me then, that means I had to have come from something. It means I have to go to something when I'm done with this vessel that I'm, that I'm trapped in right now. In
0: your meat wagon? In my meat wagon. So, like,
3: it just started making logical sense to me. Like, so I'm, personally, I'm a believer in, in reincarnation. And just from that standpoint, like, well, we were energy. We had to be energy from something. We transformed into this. Now we're transforming into something else. And I don't think that's going to be the be all to end all. We're going to transform again because we're just energy. So for me, that's what makes sense to me. So that's, that's, that makes logical sense. And I needed to have, I guess the best of both worlds. I needed to have some science base to my, to my faith and to my beliefs and to my, you know, my spirituality. And that's where it went for me. But the other point that I was going to make was, um, I think about what you were talking about, like when it comes to like the building of the pyramids. They can't explain to this day how it was done. They have a bunch of theories,
0: whether it's Mm -hmm. the Egyptians or the Mayans.
3: Yeah. So, but so I always look at it, and I, you know, people ask me all the time, "Who do you think? What do you think?" Truthfully, I have no idea. But I look at it like this: at some point in time on this planet. There was a knowledge that no longer exists. And then I correlated to, like, think about the number of people that can drive a stick shift now. Very few people. Mm-hmm. And at some point in time, when the standard car goes away, that knowledge is going to go away. Think about the rotary phone. Kids today don't know how to dial a damn rotary phone they, because they've never had to do it.
0: But dare I say, they could probably figure it out pretty quickly.
3: Maybe. But I've seen videos where they set one in the room with, with kids and they can't figure it out. Really? Swear to God. So, like that knowledge is going to go away. I watched a, a documentary with um with Les Stroud. He's one of my favorite guys. Um, oh, God, i heard that sur- name. Sur- a he's a man. Survivor, man. survivor man. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So he had a documentary that he did where he went to different uh, tribes uh, across the globe and he spent time with them, with the elders. And one of the... That's a big honor. It was it was phenomenal. And the thing that was sad about it was almost every single one of these tribes, the elders were saying, the knowledge that we have that has been passed down through all these generations is probably going to go away because nobody wants to take on that role in the younger generation. So at some point when I'm gone, all that I know that I've learned will go with me. Will go with me you know and you think about that and so like i don't know where i'm going with it but like it just like i think about that that knowledge that obviously had to be here at some point in time is no longer here so but i
0: also think that's a fallacy in human nature to mm-hmm. think that we're always progressing and it's yeah. like no it's like the egyptians the mayans like they had obviously figured out some shit that we still can't replicate today yes. with all of our technology and machinery mm-hmm. and everything else we can't build things that they had built Right. You know, who knows how many
1: thousands of years ago? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, but to think that, like, not, oh not, yeah, not, well. not only the fact that they built them, but that they built them to line up with like constellations, yeah. oh yeah, like, alignments, and, and such precision things that, yeah, that that would have would have been way outside their scope of observing back then. You would yes. think,
0: you would think. I mean, because yes. again, that's that's way above like what yeah. I could do. Yes, but it's like, but but people always think, oh, well, we're better now because we're further along. It's like, no, it's yeah. it's not the case.
2: Oh, there's a thought over here. Oh, it's the idea that we have to try to understand things from the context that we have lived. Yeah. It's like, well, they couldn't have done that because... We, I can't do we it. We can't, man. right? Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, you take that and you expand it to literally every single experience of your life and suddenly like, you have this un- subconscious closed-mindedness to things that could f- be far beyond our understanding. And yeah. so we end up boxing them into these labels because...
3: It makes sense. Yeah.
2: Like, and we, we desperately need it to make yeah, sense.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I, I remember when I learned that the three pyramids in Giza line up with Orion's belt, mm-hmm. perfect alignment. That fucking blew my mind. I'm like, holy shit. Like, not only so, yeah, it, to your point, not only did they build these things to such precision within like eighth inch tolerance, mm-hmm. these thousands of pounds blocks that are perfectly formed together.
0: Yeah, which anybody who's done any kind of construction yes, realizes that's nearly impossible. It's
3: incredible that those points lined up perfectly with that constellation is absolutely incredible. It's incredible. You know, and it, it that whatever it was that was done is not even a concept, a category we can even put in, put it into because like there's, it's just so such a grand scale thought in my head, like, holy so shit.
1: I've got a, <clears throat> a theory. And it, it, at this point, I don't really think it, I don't really think it impedes on my faith just because I don't believe that my faith is in the Bible or anything like that has told me everything, everything there is to know by any extent of the imagination. I believe that we know, you know, what we're supposed to know right now, but like they're, I believe that at some point on this earth there was a, um, you know, uh, advanced civilization. You know, whether it encompassed the whole mm-hmm. earth or whether it was centralized to the Middle East or what, I don't know. But I think I think there's enough evidence that that there's something that is going on, and even to this day, I mean, when you see when you've seen basically all these. Unidentified objects flying around—all these things. These, you know, I'm sure you've seen the government report on how many of these things that the Air Force and Navy can't identify. Nobody can identify them.
0: Yeah, with propulsion I don't, that, that they don't understand. I, I, I don't
1: think any of that stuff's coming from outer space. I think that stuff's coming from here. I think there is still something here, uh, whether it's under the surface in the in the under the sea, whether it's phased into a, another dimension. that can phase in and out. I don't know. I just feel like that there's too much evidence to the contrary. There was too much, um, too many weird coincidences and stuff like that in the past. When you look at like Stonehenge and the pyramids and um, things they found under the ice in Antarctica and stuff like that. I know a lot of it's, you know, most of it's, you can, they're fun things to think about. You know, it, it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong or if it's fun to think about, but That's kind of like when I when I see about all these, you know, things that are unexplained, especially with the um, just the amount, the increase of observable unidentified craft just in the last 40, 50 years and how it's even right up to now, you know, the the sightings are are more and more Um, and they're more. um, I don't know. They're, they're it's almost like they're they there's less effort made to to disguise themselves you know almost to the point sometimes where they know they're on you know where you're zooming by these F14s and then you stop and you hover and then you crash and you go into the ocean it's almost like they're like hey we're not hiding anymore you know mm-hmm. and i don't i like i said it's fun to think about but i i totally believe that there there was or <laughs> is some sort of advanced whatever are they aliens are they you know interstellar travelers are they from are they you know i mean i could get into it well i couldn't get into it because i don't i'm I'm not as well versed but my friend wrote a book on it um even if you look back in the book of genesis there are talks of species that not non-homo sapien type of species people You know, that would fit a lot of the Greek myths, you know, uh, people with incredible strength and stature and powers um, that were not human, that at some point bred with Homo sapien or whatever to give us what we are now. But that stuff, that shit's in Genesis. Is that what we're talking about? Who knows? But to think that we can know all what's going on in the universe, that's absurd. I don't think we know what's going on necessarily. I think there's stuff going on on this planet that <laughs> that that we will maybe someday in the future we'll find out about. I don't know, totally but agree. you know, it it just seems kind of you know, uh it doesn't seem that far fetched to me.
3: Well, even in the hieroglyphics back in the day, from way back when, there's you know, drawings of things that look like you know, spaceships and all those kind of yeah. things. So, you know, who knows? They had to have come from somewhere. Yeah, and if you're and if you we're just,
1: wrong and all these UFOs are just well, at this point, I don't know how you're going to explain them. I mean, but if Man. if they're just man-made pranks or military things that nobody knows about, you know, that other countries are, are demoing, at the end of the day, okay, I mean... Is that a possibility? It'll come out eventually, it's, you, you know? It's, yes, it's a possibility. Is that... Incredibly unlikely. Seems yes. like it. Yeah, they inc- have. They're using energy and energy methods of yeah. that we don't know about. Exactly. Right? That's I mean. it's, like, it's, it's incredibly unlikely. So it's but again, it's 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 unexplainable. Yeah. Nobody knows, which is why we're all like, well, shit. Like, where, where do we go from yeah, here? I don't know. That's why. I mean, you, who would have thought that the government could literally release a document where it says, "Hey, there's over a hundred of these cases." Yeah, some of them we've we've been able to identify what they were, but there's all these things we just don't know. And they released the report. And in a day, it's out of the news. People are just like, well, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, might as
0: well. Maybe, yeah. Makes sense. I mean, that's... I, I guess they're too busy with their that, social why, media yeah, and, and other that's why, shit that's you know, on the I media. Used
1: to, I used to feel like, man, um, if if there were ever evidence of, of we actually got reached out by alien species, or if, if somebody actually pr- produced a miracle in our eyes mm-hmm. in present day, you know, in the middle of Times Square, you know, oh, that would, man, that would shake humanity to its core. Now I'm convinced that it would it would be out of the news in a day. People see it, <laughs> and they, point. And they like, I, yeah. I, I, I fake it. It doesn't matter. It's not. It's, it's, no matter what they see, they could see somebody get risen from the dead in the middle of Times Square, and like just like the natives who couldn't process the ship, mm-hmm. we'd write it off. Well, yeah, I, I know it. Yeah, it sure looked like that guy was dead, but I know he wasn't. People can't rise from the dead. On with my day. Right. So at this point, I'm like, yeah, I, I think that we're so self-consumed or uh i don't know i i feel like these things could go on and we would just dismiss them you know and i i always remember like i would always when i was younger like oh god why don't you just you know why don't you just move you know the rocky right move a mountain and let everyone see you actually physically pick up a mountain You know, not literally move mountains, but literally, you know, I mean, not like metaphorically with faith, move mountains, like it says, but why don't you literally move a mountain and then everybody will see, you know? And it's like, at this point, I feel like there've been things, maybe not on that grand scale, but at least things that, you know, I've seen that I believe are on a scale of like, you know, divine intervention like that. And nobody cares. Nobody, most people don't notice whether they be Christian or, or atheist or whatever. It's like, I I don't, I don't believe that, you know, I don't really believe God acts. I don't, I don't believe God acts the same way in present times he did, you know, back then this, I don't believe this is an age of miracles or things like that, or God appearing to people and burning bushes or, you know, speaking directly to people. I don't think we're in that, I don't think we're in that type of age right now, but I definitely think that there's um, divine influence on earth that is ignored even by the most devout Christian. I, I mean, think know. about the number
2: of times. Have you ever had a gut feeling to not do something or to do something and then it turns out that because you oh, did yeah, it? yeah, sure. Like, how many people could you have that conversation with? Like, I was talking with a lady just a couple of weeks ago. Almost everyone? Yeah. And then she's <laughs> like, I just had this weird sense um, that she was making this really short trip in her car. Yeah. And this, something came over. She's like, I have to put my seatbelt on. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I mean, common sense would tell you, like, yeah, you should put your seatbelt on if you're going to drive, even if it's a short trip. But something she said, like, just compelled her. She's like, I have to. In within seconds, she was in this car accident that she knows, like, she would have been thrown from the car mm-hmm. otherwise. And you could look at that and be like, oh, I mean, that was coincidence. Coincidence. You could say that that had some form of uh, divine intervention, or you know, anything in between. Mm-hmm. But. It happens on such a common occurrence that I think pe- it's easy for people to brush that off, to be like, oh, yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's like a little spike on the radar.
1: Like, yeah. Because I put my seatbelt on a hundred times, a million times, and not gotten in an accident. So, Or you've had a bad yeah. feeling and nothing yeah. happened. Sure. Mm-hmm. You just write it off. Right. Um,
2: okay, well, So there's this book series that I really love called The Dresden Files about this wizard who lives in Chicago. And he has all these... Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, so he's a private investigator in Chicago, and he's the... I say he was a wizard. Yep. It's fantastic.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but all the time throughout it, there ends up being someone who is unfamiliar with the wizarding world, and they ask him, like, how do you keep it secret? And he always says, like, people think that there's this huge conspiracy to keep things hidden. Humans don't want to see it. Like, can you imagine the ramifications on society if all of a sudden the government came out? And like, by the way, there are aliens we've known for mm-hmm. the past 70 years. they like, Their heads of, would explode. Didn't they kind of do that not too long ago? They did, but they never really confirmed yeah. anything.
1: They said they're, these are UFOs, but we're not right. saying they're alien-controlled UFOs. They're just unidentified okay. objects. Well, there's okay. a
2: there's
3: a lot of belief, and I've read, that that that's the whole reason why... Hollywood has put out movies yes. all these years. You know, little little bit of information here, a little bit of information there. They're <laughs> trying bit of, to prepare us. You know. Trying to prepare us. So, like when they do expose it, people are just like, "Oh yeah, oh, shit! I know. Like I've known Day. that. I've That's known right. that the whole my whole life. So what's the big deal?"
2: Do you? Uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name who was the head of marketing for the Nazi party. Do you know this connection, the theory between the two of them? No. Okay, so he had this concept. I I doubt that he came up with it, but he's credited with it. How do you get an entire culture to not only accept but to embrace a particular mindset? Is that you have to have this three stage approach, and it comes down to generations and what you do with them. So the older generation, they're done. Like they've already they set in their ways. Right. Yeah. It's like they might you might have a couple of people who say, well, that's fine, or they already thought it. Okay, but leave them be. The People who are uh, married, they have kids or they're going to be having kids or it's still in the process of having them. Let's say like the, uh, the 35 to like 45 range. They can be influenced, but you're probably not going to completely change their minds. So you put out just information to them. Then you have the younger crowd, like the teen to like 25 or so. They're the ones who are, they need entertainment in order to buy into it. And then the people who are like anywhere from like not born yet up to 10, they're going to take whatever you give to them. Like, Oh, this is reality. Mm -hmm. As long as you teach them from the very beginning, not to youth, then they are going to take that and they're going to live with it. Like, this is what life is. This is how I should think. So how do you get that middle ground? You make movies, you make books, you make songs, you make stories, you make games. Mm -hmm. And if you look at that and think, Oh, it's fun. Like, this is something I should be a part of. It's engaging. Had a conversation with a guy who said that his uncle worked uh, in the Air Force. He was a colonel in the Air Force. And when the colonel finally retired, he said, here's a bunch of stuff that I'm allowed to tell you now. And so I don't know if these are real, if they're just stories and anywhere in between, but they're fun. And one of them was that there was this project that was worked on, um, astro astra it was a concept of planetary transportation what they knew is that if they ever this was like 30 years ago and they knew that if they ever released it that people's heads would be blown so George Lucas just happens to be coming out with these movies about Star Wars Mm -hmm. who do you promote them to who do you market them to the younger generations and then from then on you continually have sci-fi information that talks about you know relationships with interterrestrial beings or extraterrestrial beings um, these ideas of traveling throughout the galaxy so that if it does happen when it does happen because i believe that there are other intelligent beings out there that may already be here may be from here maybe coming here if they have that couple generations of preparation, you're going to have people who think, "Oh, it finally happened," versus War of the Worlds, where you have literal panic in the streets.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway, I didn't totally mean to go No, I totally agree. You're 100. percent It's just it's interesting that you bring up that concept. Absolutely. And, you, know, well,
1: like you know, it's it's funny when you because when you're you you were explaining the. uh <laughs> Man, this is gonna be. It sounds gonna be sounds super self incriminating here. But when you started talking about like you know the Hitler Youth and that and the and the program and how you look at um, ages and how you appeal to them, mm-hmm. my mind directly goes to the church that I. grew oh, you know the church in, the church in general. It's like you know yeah you've got your youth group, and- you've got your older people that you know they're set. You know they show up every week, they tithe. You know, but you're not really you're not really engage. You know you're not really trying to be caring to engage them. Other than on a you know a, fr- a friendly community level but the younger the kids get you know the more you're you offer them and the more that you you know that's when you get into like you know all the miracles of the old testament and the flood and the creation and stuff like that and it, kids they eat them up as as just like you're telling them you know something straight out of a history book because you know they don't know any better and you know i've I've often i might have said this before on the podcast but you know i I am, and obviously I don't know this, but it's just, you know, it's it's just kind of trying to self-evaluate, but, you know, I became introduced to, you know, my faith as, you know, I want to say probably in kindergarten, you know, five-year, five-year-old, and I think I probably, you know, first considered myself saved at probably in first grade, like six, yeah, six years old. Um, you know, I even remember the day that, that, you know, I talked to the teacher and we, you know, and I decided that I was saved, you know, that I, and I'm thinking now it's like, I am so, I'm, 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 I'm sometimes so even beyond skeptical into the flat out cynical range, I'm a very cynical person. I know it's, it's not a good character trait. I don't see how I could, I don't see, I feel like the fact that I was introduced to the faith as a young person, that might be the, the only, that might be the, that's the leading reason why I believe what I believe, because I think if it was introduced to me now, um, even though I have, you know, I've seen plenty of people my age with no spiritual background become saved and get involved in the church and at an, as as, a, as an older person or, you know, at every age in every stage of life. Me personally, though, I'm so cynical that, you know, if you were to, if somebody were to come in and, and tell me right now, you know, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. And why don't you come to church with me and stuff like that? Yeah, I probably if, get, you st- if
0: you start to listen to the stories they sound ludicrous. I mean, they, they don't sound like things that could actually well, happen. Yeah, they're you know they're 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 yeah. So it's e- it's easy for miracles, a child yeah. to believe those things, sure. which is why a lot of the the Christian faith, like again, it's it's all about getting the so, kids yeah. involved early because and then once it's you believe, that, believe then you
1: start you know as you get older, you start you pile on the nuance. Yeah, right. here comes you know the nuance of exactly what we believe and why we believe it, and why we believe this is why we believe that this is true and that's not true. That all comes afterwards. Yes. What comes first is let me make it part of your reality. Let me make mm-hmm. it so you know a ship when you see it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it doesn't look like. Let me give you this foundation, and then we can build on that. And that's how you know. And, and, and sure, you know, when I look at, it, I say, well, you know, I, I trust that that you know God for a reason. I was introduced young because uh, had I been introduced now, I don't know how it would go. I know I, I have a, a strong feeling I would probably react the same way if. If, you know, somebody told me, hey, do you want to come to my uh, Scientology seminar? I would look at you and I would laugh and shake my head probably, you know. And Well, but, I, th- I
0: think that's a great thing because, I mean, uh, the, again, quoting Joe Hogan, is like, I, that's like the one religion that, like everybody gets to make fun of, like even the yeah. Mormons. Like, wait, wait, you believe what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I think – and I would probably have the same reaction if somebody came to me with the best intentions and said, hey, let, why don't you come to church with me? Yeah. And I would probably say <laughs> – you know
0: and you unless know. I, I think it draws in a lot of people later in life who have this like empty hole in, in, in their heart. That's another thing, hearts, too. Is, right? yeah, like, yeah. I need to fill this with something. What do I need to fill it with? And like, hey, I want to be a part of this community. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff doesn't make sense, but I like what they're doing, I like what it can do for me, and like maybe they're a little bit more open. Well, Whereas, like, again, I was like you, it's like from a very young age, like, I was like off to church and bible schools and camps and all those kind of things and and by the time I was about 10 or 12 I was like I'm kind of done with all this like it's just not for me but I was I was always kind of on the outside cuz it's like it never made sense to me like I never really bought into it all
1: well but to to be transparent you know I mean um because I'm I would never and have never would sit up here and tell you that you know I'm you know my faith is my faith, and ain't nobody telling me nothing. I mean, I str- I question and and wrestle with my faith all the time. And
0: we've talked about that many times in the podcast yeah. before. Not
1: not you know not real you know not from the doubting perspective, but like you know I, I try to come at things um, and from an effort to understand. Like, and I'll admit one of the frustrating things for me is, um, you know, I want to see. It seems like like you just said, whenever you see anybody of maturity. A lot of times an older person come to Jesus, it's always at the lowest point in their life where they got divorced. They went bankrupt. They lost their house. They lost their kids. Somebody, you know, a tragic death. They They were were, addicted to drugs. drugs You you name it. Yeah. So it's like. Okay, like, and, and that is, you know, biblically, that is what what Jesus is. He's a hospital for the sick, basically. You know, he is that refuge. For, but but
0: also the communities that the church provide yeah, are a good support. But it's structure. it's like
1: i It's like where's the evidence of the guy who has his life together? He's got his money in the bank. He's got his hot wife. He's got his healthy kids. He's got everything he could ever want. Where's that guy saying? I need Jesus. I need Jesus. <laughs> and 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 once again, you know, even though I say that, I'd say, boy, I'd love to see it. I don't see it, and I also. I'm sure, see, I'm can, sure it happens. It yeah, I'm sure it happen. does. But it, 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 it also, to. when I also look at the Bible, it's like, okay, you know, the Bible tells me here in, in in plain words that, you know, people that feel like they are they have it figured out, you know, that, that's not this Christ is not for those people, you know, and it's like, okay, well, now you're kind of it's it, it kind of gets on circular reasoning. It's like, okay, well, if you know, the people that don't feel like they need anything or they owe all their success to themselves. They don't need Christ. So that they won't pursue him. And so then at the same time, then Christ, you know, only pursues the weak and it's like, well, that doesn't, that's not true either. And it's like, well, then once the weak get restored, do they turn their back? I've seen that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's definitely something where, you know, um, it's frustrating because a lot of the friends and stuff like that that i do pray for um they're not in tough spots they're not in bad spots so it's like in my mind i'm praying for them to be you know uh led to the holy spirit but in my mind it's in my mind i talk myself out of it like man why why would they you know i would never stop what i'm doing if i'm living a great life and i've got everything set and everything's worked to this point i wouldn't be making some sort of foundational worldview change why would why would they so it's
0: i think a lot of people though don't want to question their own beliefs which is one of the reasons why like like i love your approach to it so much i I just always questioning and struggling with even your own beliefs right because it's like most people don't want to sit down and have those kind of discussions with themselves because Mm -hmm. it's a scary thing because again nobody has the answers so it's it's a it's a scary thing to even look into well
3: and if you've been taught that your whole life, it's easier to just keep going in that direction. And not, not
0: to mention that from a young age, in a lot of mm-hmm. religions, it's 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 a sin to to think otherwise. Completely. Like, no, this is what we told you. and This is why we told you that. So you can't question that ever. Like,
1: yeah. ever I'll really? Not very of it? wary of anybody that would yeah, ever tell you. Yeah, but but like
0: it's that, it's now. it's very common. Like you you hear a lot of that happening. I hate to say it, like especially out of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Like it seems to be very common out of that. I'm sure others are the same as well. That's just the experiences that I've had talking to other people. Yeah, but not. it's just like holy hell! I I don't know.
3: I've learned it. The, I've learned it the hard way when I was going through my spiritual awakening. I would I would talk to a bunch of different people and I would go, "Well, why do you believe what you believe?" And so many people, well, "What do you mean?" Because that's just I've always believed that. Yeah, that's just what I believe. Yeah, I'm like, but why? Why do you believe that? People don't like having their core beliefs challenged like that. Like, but for me. You know, I didn't, I know I learned a lot of like, I didn't go about it the right way at the time. So I learned a lot of what not to do to people. Because for me, it was more like, I'm at a point in my life where I have no idea what I believe or why I believe it. And so like, I was looking for answers and I was looking for them wherever I could find them for something that made some kind of sense. So like when I was challenging people, I wasn't doing it on purpose, but it got, it got it to felt be felt that. that way to it other people. It definitely yeah. got to be that way and people got very offended at times. So um yeah, I learned I learned a lot of things the hard way, for sure. But um,
2: So my bio dad uh is and was a pastor. So first four or five years I grew up in a church. He was a Methodist. Um and when my parents divorced, went and lived with my grandparents. My mom and my siblings—we all went to live there for like three years. She remarries, we move, and but from the time that the divorce happened, I spent less and less time in church. But that was a very impressionable time. Mm-hmm. So you, I heard a lot of stories. It's very easy to like use those to have conversations with people who. Um, any form of, like, Christianity. So it's almost like this Rosetta Stone to be able to have the communication. But for, I don't know, maybe 10 years after that, but actually, no, it was like about 12, 13, like you where you got to a point where it's like, yeah, this just, this isn't for me. And from then on, I said, like, I'm an atheist, but it was also kind of like that stupid male teenage rebellion thing. Without understanding what that meant, And I mean, recently I heard a really good description. It was actually a stand-up comedian who was doing it, and he was having. It's amazing how they're the ones who actually speak truth to most of us. I mean, it's funny and informative the same time. Fantastic. So he's out <laughs> golfing with a guy, and um, the guy is asking, like, "Would you ever want to join me to go to church?" And he's like, "Well, no, I'm I'm an atheist." And he goes, "Oh, really? Explain that." And it comes down to the joke where he says, "An atheist is someone who actually has studied." the religions of the world has come to the conclusion that despite knowing the different things or learning about the different religions still doesn't believe. Have you done that? Well, no. Well, that just makes you a moron. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like, I, like I didn't hear that story until recently or that joke until recently, but realized like looking back on it, that my gut was like, no, you're, you're not an atheist. You just don't know. I'm like, well, you're agnostic. It's like, I don't believe that there is something that I don't understand necessarily. I believe that I simply, I don't understand and I'd have these conversations with a buddy of mine when I was in college uh, who was a devout Catholic and he was one of the first people that I ever met who was as strong in his beliefs and faith and was still willing to hear me out and I had some of the best conversations like of my life (laughs) with this guy. It's amazing how that works. And he was a very deep thinker, and he never judged me when I said that I disagreed with him and Because that happened because like previous conversations with people uh and certainly since then too, where they you like you were saying like they don't want their beliefs to be questioned; it scares the shit out of them mm-hmm. like to their core, it scares this part of them that has based a lot of their life decisions around.
3: Well, what if I've been wrong my whole life?
2: Right. Well, and, not not
0: to mention it becomes your own
2: personal ethos and
0: how you live your life mm-hmm. is usually like based on some sort of religion or faith. That's it, just, it's how people conduct themselves. So if they, mm-hmm. if they question that, then who are they as a person, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And what I think he understood or had an ability to understand is that he could hear what I'm saying and maybe, you know, miracle upon miracles, no pun intended, um, maybe there was something I said that was accurate and that he could then believe in that didn't change him as a person. That didn't mean that he was wrong before. That didn't mean that he was now right moving forward. That didn't mean that, you know, something he did meant that he was a bad person or he did the wrong thing. He had that mindset. And like when you said, when we first started, like this is a conversation that I haven't been able to have with people. I mean, that's, A big part of what it comes down to is that how many times have you been able to have a conversation with someone about this? And like you were saying, not feel so cynical, like whether on what side of it you are, um, to say, I'll hear you out. Mm -hmm. We had Mormons who came to our church in my hometown. Um, uh, I lived in Kane, Pennsylvania. So General Kane that it was named after was one of the people who helped lead them out to Utah. And so there's a statue of General Kane in my hometown. That same statue is in Utah. Uh, Salt Lake City at the That's I, the big epicenter, yeah. Yeah. Uh we actually had gymnastic nationals out there years and years ago and I was like, I have to go find this statue and everyone's like, Why do you want to see a Mormon statue? I was like, No, no. Like, that's the guy my town is named after. And so I saw it when it was out there. Um and there would be these uh teenagers who came I, I don't know the term for it when they have to like go out um travel but a lot of them would travel to my hometown for that reason hmm. and every summer you would see
0: because uh, okay, t- like in the in the morgi- morgi- <laughs> <laughs> in the Mormon religion, a lot of the young uh children boys and girls mm-hmm. are sent out to uh, different areas to uh bring back or speak the truth or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah they do
1: their they do their two year I think it's their two year they're they're essentially like recruiting for their their faith thank you Yeah. Yeah. in fact my brother's uh, not my brother my son's well one of his best friends just it's a very common thing where they'll literally get
0: shipped across somewhere else and Mm -hmm. they'll they'll be there for a while and try to convert people over or teach them about the Mormonism or what have you yeah it's very common
2: so they would uh, come and they would say hey can I talk to you about you know religion and what you believe and I always had this mindset of, oh, I'll show them. Like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Like, I was exceptionally cynical about it. And I don't know where that changed, and I don't know why, but I, I mean, a big part of it, I think, is just the maturity factor of getting to a point where I realized, like, I don't have to be angry about my background with faith, with religion, you know, based on, like, my dad and everything that happened. I think that was a big part of it, and like once that was let go, and opening up to the idea of like, alright, what do you actually know? What do you believe? Why do you believe it? And realizing, I've got a big old blank slate. So I went to what I did understand, because I thought that was a good place to start, which was you know looking at physics and everything, and every time that there was a why, just trying to expand on it. Um... Someone mentioned at some point the idea of like passing away. Like you said reincarnation and the idea of like passing on and moving on to you know whether it's hell a different or hell. realm or what right. have you. Yeah. So I was actually I at one point I had a conversation uh, with uh, Bio Dad uh, David, and I was asking him, like, so why is there a hell? And he, you know, explained that there was Lucifer's down here. Got us up here. He went into more of it. I was like, so why is there the devil? Well, because he wanted to overthrow. He wanted to take power. There was the falling out. So why isn't he forgiven? Well, he doesn't want to be. Why? Like, if you're supposed to love everything, why not him? Yeah I can't tell you why but I get shook me I think that there was a there was a part of me that wanted to hold on to that because it was a story you hear as a youth it was a a foundation of belief you know at the end of the day at least that is true that you learned as a kid and that was a moment that it didn't shatter but it changed I don't think that people, and this is pompous of me to say, so I'll say it delicately, but I don't think that people have the courage to allow it to change. I think that it's set in stone in a lot of ways because to have that foundation change makes you question, well, who am I now? Yeah, I
0: mean it can be potentially earth-shattering.
3: Well, and I think um to to that point and something that Andrew said earlier, you know, where are the where are the people that, you know, everything is going great and they found God? And my experience this is just my personal experience with people that I know, um you almost it seems like you almost have to hit a rock bottom whatever it is and you know, I had, I had a therapist that I was seeing at the time. And she, I don't know if it was her that explained it or I read it in a book somewhere. That basically, at some point in time, for you to really understand yourself, you almost have to be like, you, like you're a, a glass vase. And you take it and you shatter it into a million pieces. Well, you take all those pieces, you, you sweep them all up, you melt them down, and you reform them into a different kind of vase. The basics are still there, but it looks different. And it seems like my experience is most people that have come to a belief, like where like and they can and can talk about it, have had that experience in their life. Something happened to them that it shattered them to their core. And then you had to rebuild it back up. And I know that for me personally, that happened to me. And I was at a point in my life, where I was like, man, I better figure it out or else I'm not going to be around much longer because it just, I was at that point. And so I had to build back up what was completely shattered. So there was a lot of trying times during that time period. But because I went through it, I have a pretty strong belief in why I believe what I believe. Now, could I be wrong? (laughs) Absolutely. I could... I could die tomorrow and get to the pearly gates and and God will go dude you're completely wrong I'll be like oh, shit you know what you got me you got me my bad but the to me what I would explain at that point is say look okay I guess I was wrong
0: yeah I can I can but imagine I, God sitting there like reincarnation really but I lived my yeah of course <laughs> of course
3: but I lived my life to the best of my ability of what with what I knew and I tried to treat people the right way. And I guess if that's not good enough then I guess you can send me where you need to send me. And that's that's the way I look at it in my mind. So, but that's just been my personal experience of most people have to get to that point in their life and they get broken down and rebuilt back up. And then then their faith, whatever it is, becomes extremely strong. Because it wasn't indoctrinated to you from an early age. No, man. it's
0: it's a conclusion you came to by yourself, which yes. is which is the idea of uh, of anything really. It's all about self discovery. Mm-hmm. Like how do I make this make sense to me? Once I find that, mm-hmm. now it's almost concrete because I've come up with it. Someone had just told it to me. Mm-hmm. Like I sat down and pondered this and came up with my own conclusions. It may be malleable, it might change, but still, yes. It's going to be much much more solid than someone just. Oh well, I was told this was a kid, so this is what I believe. Like, well,
3: one of the, one of the things that um, so I I read a lot of uh, about Buddhism. I, I read a lot of books on it because um, it just something about it just I was drawn to it. And one of the things that Buddha had said was, "Don't believe it because I say it. Believe it because it's true for you." And one of his examples was, "Look." I believe in reincarnation, but if it comes out to be proven wrong, then I need to rethink my thought process. I got to, I got to think differently. And I love that because to me it was like, yeah, that makes sense. Now I get it. You know, so like, that's why, like, there was a lot of things that I read in that that just made so much logical sense to me. And and I don't really look at Buddhism as a religion as much as I do as a as a philosophy. And most people will agree with that because there's a lot of people that are that are christian will follow buddhist philosophies because it helps them ground themselves. And there's a lot of you you were talking about energies and just I just want to make this one point when as I'm talking about buddhism there's a lot of people that believe um, Buddha and Jesus were very similar and I read books on it it's pretty it's actually pretty fascinating and that they're just essentially they're enlightened beings and they were learned a knowledge on this planet that most people you know haven't got to that point consciously consciously yeah and that there's a lot of uh a lot of people that have read or that have said that there are actually uh buddhist monks on this planet to this day that are buddha-like but they don't expose themselves because it's not a necessary thing and they're essentially in my mind essentially they're working in the background To raise the energy level, the consciousness of the all behind closed doors, essentially. Like, you don't... They don't need to be exposed. Like, people that come out and say, look at me. Look how great I am. I'm so super religious and I'm so... You know, you need to follow me. Those people, to me, are are false prophets, in my opinion. They're just... They just don't get it. Like, you don't need to... In my opinion, you don't need to come out and say those things if you're a true believer in what you believe in you just do those i I
1: think that's what makes jesus the man so what separates him so much because i believe like you know you're right your correlation between buddha and jesus and and the teachings and also as far as like you know be wary of people that will say follow me yes Uh, jesus He's the one he did do that mm-hmm. that's kind of what i it, what separates him is he did say, "You know, I am the way, follow me if you've seen me the, if you've seen me, you've seen the father you know he made those claims about himself, so at that point you know it's like I feel like those are you know something needs to be done with those claims. you can either say that he was crazy and that he was a liar or he was telling the truth you know, but you've gotta you've gotta you have to. You have to rationalize those claims in in whatever way you want to, but you have to come to some sort of conclusion on it. You can't just leave it up in the air and say whatever. You either have to pretty much commit to say either he was delusional, or he was a liar, intentionally deceitful, or they were accurate claims. And then based on what you do with how you've you know processed that one question on what was he, you know, you can go from there. But that's. You know, that's always been my I I guess that's always been one of my main draws to to my faith. And what's always kept me close to it is, you know, the man of Jesus who did separate himself from, you know, the Muhammad's and the Joseph Smiths. And, you know, obviously that was much later, but like, you know, all these these people that, you know, um, these myths is that he did come out and say, you know, I'm the only way like there is no other way, you know, and I am, you know, I am God. Not, um, you know, a God appeared to me in a dream or I'm going to speak to you in riddle, you know, you know, I'm here living amongst you and I'm telling you and that type of upfrontness and that type of, you know, authority is, is always what's, um, you know, drawn me back to it because it was like, you know, I have to do something, I have to do something with the question of Christ. I have to do something historically with that man. I have to put him in a category and, you know, I've just, you know, I happen to put him in the category of he was telling the truth, um, you know, and, you know, I could get into, I, I guess, reasons why I feel like, um, you know, why I believe that the the resurrection is a true story and stuff like that. I mean, but at the end of the day, it just comes down to what do you, you know, what do you believe? And if we see things nowadays with our own eyes, we don't believe or we ignore imagine how, how easy it is to do that to us a, a, a story that's 2000 years old you know regardless of if, if it's stood the test of time or not i mean we can turn our back on the truth right in front of our face right now very easy to turn your back on mm-hmm. something that may be true that in no way impacts you and is no way relevant recent you know um but uh yeah i, I just always i i just you know i've always um, appreciated the fact that christianity has um, taken the extra step to differentiate itself from the relig- mass religions of the world. And that is to have the figurehead who said, I am God. I am the only way. There is no, oh, well, you know, kind of like going back to what your priest said. And obviously without him here, I can't speak to exactly mm-hmm. what he meant. But by saying, oh, you know, we all worship the same God. Uh, we're all praying to the same God, you know, Allah, you know, Yahweh, you know, God of the Bible, or whatever, it's like, no, not, 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 I'm not, I'm not praying. I'm not praying to the same guy, God that a Muslim God is, guy is praying to. Um, I believe that I'm praying to the right God and he is not. And it's that, you know, and that, that sounds arrogant. So in that sense, is there multiple gods then? To use your own words from the last, you know, your podcast with Dana, it does sound arrogant to say that I am right and you are wrong. But at what point, if I can't say that, what's the purpose of any of my faith? What's the purpose of it? If I can't sit, if I if I don't believe that I'm right, what's what purpose does it serve? So what what was
0: your question though? I, it's, I guess to that point, like, do you believe that there are multiple gods? Then no, not at all. Of course not. So there, are, so the Muslims like one God.
1: praying to like something that doesn't exist. Yeah, I believe or? I believe that Muhammad was, and, and I, I'm not. I didn't come on no, here. And no, sound no, like an no, idiot, no, But like, no, I'm, I'm just asking a question. I just... Yeah, like, no. I mean, there's you know, Muhammad claims to have been you know visited by an, an angel in the dream that told him all this stuff and to create the you know the the Quran and and which also told him to you know marry how many hundreds a hundred you know twelve year old girls and stuff like that and but whatever, um, you know, same thing with um, um. You know, if you're talking about um, Scientology, if you're talking about even to some extent, you know, Mormonism, um, all that stuff, all of it's based in man-made revelation.
3: What about Judaism?
1: So, well, you, basically Judaism. So Christ was a Jew, mm-hmm. and he was, you know, at the time of his death, you had, you know, you had the Jews, you had Gentiles, mm-hmm. um, and you had the the Romans who had take, you know, who were exercising their empire, but you know, so and and Jesus quoted the Old Testament numerous times in the mm-hmm. New Testament. I mean, he's all about you know talking about bringing up people like Ezekiel, Daniel, quoting Isaiah. He was he knew the Old Testament because he knew that was the only way that that because you know the Jude the, the Pharisees they were you know they were the the, the experts on all of it. And he would use their knowledge, their knowledge of the Old Testament against them, you know, basically to show them how, you know, you might understand words, but you don't understand the message. Uh, So Judaism now, I mean, basically, you're you're practicing Jew now is basically just going to say that I believe, you know, we're all in line all the way up to the Old Testament, but Jesus was not the promised Messiah. We're still waiting for him. Correct. So, you know christians believe that he came and he ascended and he will come again and when he comes again to to you know bring his kingdom to earth at that point the jews will feel you know in their mind that will be his his first arrival now the jews are according to god they are his chosen people so you know are do jews even though they deny the deity of christ will they see heaven that's not for me to say there might be something different you know they call like abraham's bosom or something like that in the bible i mean there might be a place for God's people. I don't know. I know that, you know, from what I believe, Christ is the only way to heaven and if you deny Christ's deity then it's pretty much, you know, you're you're pretty much laying your cards on the table there, but at the same time, you know, um it's tough to say because Christ was a Jew mm-hmm. and um God has been delivering the Jews out of out of uh, bondage all the way back from Exodus all the way up till, you know, current currently with um you know they've they've been at war israel's been at war the jews god's people have been at war since the dawn of recorded civilization mm-hmm. and he's delivered them every time um so in that sense you know i that's a, i believe that you know the jews are a very you know they're a key point obviously all throughout history and they will be going forward i don't know what the end game is for sure. them but i don't have to know
3: yeah i mean like i always struggle with um you know obviously i struggle with judaism that you know so say you you, you you're christian you believe in christ and that he's the only way and that's the only way you can get to heaven yada yada so i i struggle with judaism i struggle with um anybody who came before jesus i also struggle with um natives that you know i always say this all the time and people look at me like i'm crazy um like people that you know, there, there, there are native tribes mm-hmm. that are still primitive, and to this day have we'll no, never, yeah. will never have heard of Christ. Sure. So, are they then condemned to yeah. hell forever because of that? Yeah, I mean, that's it. it we, doesn't make sense to me yeah. in my mind because, course. like, for them, they're like, well, I, you know, according to what my teachings are, this is the thing. These are the things I'm supposed to do. So I'm doing all those things, and then I, then I die, and then and they go. <laughs> I would say you like, never met Jesus, you gotta go. Yeah, to
1: like I guess the, the the elementary school answer to that would be twofold. One would be that God can reveal Himself in many different ways other than just hearing words, mm-hmm. you know. And two, ultimately, you know i i have a tr- I have a trust that God will do what is right, right, using the very definition of right. He will do what is good, regardless of of human perception of it. If that means, same thing with like, you know, a four-year-old kid. If a four-year-old kid gets hit by a car, is he going to hell because he didn't understand that Mm -hmm. Christ died for his sins? In that sense, I want to say no, because I believe in my mind that he will do what is right and what is just. Now, I also know that his idea of just spans eternity, and it might, might me putting so much focus on the life of a four-year-old kid or a native tribe could seem beyond irrelevant in the grand Mm -hmm. scheme of existence. But at the same time... It's You have to be able to cope with questions like that, like the questions of, of Lucifer and original sin and why, you know, if God created a perfect creation, why why was there Lucifer? Where did his sin come from? Where did his greed, his lust for power take over, to, to take over the kingdom? Where did it stem from if there was only ever anything good? These are things that could keep you up at night sure. because ultimately they're well, like... Again, like no matter what yeah. what you think of them, there are no answers. Yeah, there right? there is. You, you could to, say ultimately, you know, mind. you will say God did... Whatever is going whatever, you know, his plan is to bring him glory. That is God's end game, is for him to be glorified. So if him creating Satan to then bring on this huge game show of of human civilization and who chooses right and who chooses wrong, and if that if that is all to glorify God, then that is what it is. To me it makes no sense at all. It doesn't make any sense. Like why would you Why create people to send them to hell? Doesn't seem like a loving God would do something like that. Doesn't seem, seems like God could forgive everybody if he wanted to. Why didn't he just forgive everybody? Why, you know, but, you know, I also, you know, when we learn about the consequences of the wages of sin, we learn about all that through the Bible and, and the affront that it is to him as, as God. So at the end of the day, you know, those questions, like what happens to those people, all you can do is pray that, that, that God will do what is just and will do what is right. And, you know, and if God doesn't exist, then it doesn't matter because we we'll are all go to the void. And if he does exist and those people perish for eternity, mm-hmm. it will have no consequence on eternity because sure. it, even though it, it it seems so cold-hearted because, and I believe that's because God's God has filled us with a common grace, whether you're a Christian or not i think we all experience that common grace of empathy sympathy being able to relate to people being able to have compassion towards people um and you know those those instinctual feelings of nurturing um and teaching and learning i believe all those are god-given regardless of whether you choose to believe or not those are just the graces that he bestows he bestows on his created um so you know it's um uh, you know, there's, there are questions that have no answers and there are questions sure. that I don't like to talk about when I see something in the news about, you know, little, you know, kid getting hit by a car mm-hmm. or cancer, you know, kid getting struck with cancer or family, you know, dying in a minivan accident on the way to vacation. It's mm-hmm. like I can't in my mind process in what. In any reality, how that would benefit the glory of God, mm-hmm. how that would advance the kingdom, how sure. that would create disciples—I don't. It doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, and it's difficult to think about.
3: And with that, that's why a lot of like devout Catholics will not like when they have a kid, they won't like. There's a lot of people they won't leave the house until that kid is
1: baptized. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, obviously don't prescribe to that, but I can yeah. understand. I can understand it. You sure. know, it's like mm-hmm. it's. um, uh, there are things that I don't like to think about because they're things that go against the nature of what people that's what people people who really don't believe love to chastise christians who are with the well Jesus is love Jesus wouldn't do that jesus was a, don't judge and he's that's mm-hmm. that that's true but that's a very that's that's a poor, that's a small part of who he is he's God is not love God is holy now if love is the end result of his holiness, so be it mm-hmm. but i mean What do we understand about love? You know, what do we know? We just, we're here in the shit, you know, doing what we can with what little, you know, with consciousness we've been given. Um, But, you know, I, I feel like um, a lot of that is common grace that we all experience. I had a teacher who he loved to pose these paradoxes.
2: Um, He thought it was fun. And at one point he gave us this article that was an interview and within it, uh, the reporter asks, "You know, as a mathematician, how can you believe in God?" And to which the mathematician responds, "As a mathematician, how can I not?" In which doesn't answer really anything, but he wanted it because he wanted it to like inspire conversation and thought about it. So, in his thought-provokingness, I, I have held on to that for like 20 years that one stupid uh, report until at one point uh, I was thinking it was actually around the time that we had the conversation on the last podcast and you mentioned uh, the idea of like when you die going to heaven and you talked about energy cannot be created or destroyed and the idea of reincarnation and just like kind of culminated in this thought right now where... I I was having a conversation with my mom and I I told her that there is this idea that just like suddenly came to me when I probably had too much caffeine in my system about if there are parallel dimensions and parallel universes that we can technically show, like they exist, but we can't prove like getting there, getting back, anything like that. Uh, But, you know, on a theoretical basis, hypothetical basis, like there are these things what if a lot of what happens again coming to the idea of our body or our ability to be aware of things we gave a name to heaven, we gave a name to reincarnation as a means of understanding that if energy can or cannot be destroyed or sorry, can't be created or destroyed does that mean that you have to stay within this dimension when you pass? Does that mean that you have to turn into say spirit when you go, that if you believe in Christianity and you follow that, does that then influence what happens on what dimension you end up going to? If you're Jewish, does that influence it? If you're Buddhist, if you take that outside of as a philosophy, if you're not anything, does it have an influence on where your energy then goes? In that way, if you had reincarnation, could you have the idea that you are, quote-unquote, reborn into a different dimension as a different thing, and that, uh, I'm blanking on the term of it, but the idea that you're constantly moving towards nirvana. I love that idea, because while it doesn't answer your question about what does happen to someone if they haven't been uh, baptized or they haven't been taught and they haven't become a believer, it starts to inch towards some form of a quantum mechanics explanation for the possibility that all those things simultaneously exist, but in a way that we don't necessarily have a good label for. It's like, it's the spirit of all those concepts manifesting. But it ends up becoming confusing if you try to maintain all the details of religion within them. Because if you do that, it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. It can't possibly happen. But if you're like, okay, There's like 50 things that go on within Christianity. Let's take two of them. Those apply. And if we look at, uh, say, Judaism, okay, that works. Uh, Native American religion, okay, those fit. And like little by little, you have these things that end up adding up to something that resembles something of an explanation that
1: applies to everything, but at the same time doesn't contain nearly all of it. Almost like like an ultimate truth. You know, born out of every, you know, born out of all the, the, the ideas.
2: In a way, like, it almost makes sense that it would take the entirety of the globe and culture throughout history for people to get little pieces together of this grandiose puzzle that eventually would add up to something that resembles an explanation. Because everybody's going to get, in their own unique way, some interpretation of that if there is... Any truth to the idea of a you know theory of unification or like unified consciousness at that wave level and that we're all in some way like essentially bathing in it. Um, but we're all going to interpret it in our own way and make our own mistakes within the interpretation, but then hold on to those as our own truth. So if I don't want to let go my truth, and you don't want to let go yours, and you want to let go yours, and you want to let go yours, it's just like, well, no, none of it can exist because we have conflictions. And it's like, yeah, but what's like that universal concept between, you know, the four of us? I'm like, oh, well, that applies. Well, what if we just allow that to be the singular truth for right now and we'll kind of work out from there?
1: Just thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it's it it, it definitely leads to like you know the human just the propensity to um not only, you know, imagine something greater than us, but almost subconsciously hoping for it, you know, trying willing it. Because I don't think any of us, regardless of what we think, have comfortably prescribed the idea of infinite blackness after we take our last breath. You know, even though you know, e- even though you might have somebody, you know, hardcore is like Sam Harris or something who's, you know, has no problem. Like, oh, when I die, it's infinite blackness, and that's how it is, and I just have to accept it. And I think most people, and and, and who knows subconsciously what he struggles with, but it's like there's something in us that leads us to want something bigger than ourselves that's beyond this. And I think it even goes beyond the fear of death. I think it goes... To that just the the how we cannot rationalize our own end, um, not to mention you want your life to have meant something yeah like, it's like it's a thing. we can 't rationalize that it was just that we 're here for a split second and then we 're gone, and in a hundred years, every memory of us has faded, and we 're out of it, you know it, it, it doesn 't sit with us, and I think there 's a reason why we 're so uncomfortable with that thought, and I think ultimately it 's because that thought isn 't true it 's not accurate it's um you know uh I think I think a think, way of explaining yeah exactly and yeah. that's I think that's why it feels good to think about um you know an afterlife and it, it's comforting to think it is about comforting, especially yes. when somebody close to you passes i mean it's comforting i've i've seen so many people like you know on facebook or whatever self proclaimed you know atheists wiccans whatever but as soon as somebody in their family dies it's you know praying you know you're flying high i can't wait to see you again it's like well you flat out say you <coughs> don't believe in, in heaven. You know, if you don't believe in heaven, then what's the point? But you still believe in an afterlife because even for as much as you might want to, you don't want anything to do with Christianity as a religion, you still want everything to do with the comfort it provides. Yeah. You still want all the, you still want all the, the, the peace. Yeah. That's, that's pretty and much I, I universal and human. That's what annoys people. I think a lot of times too about, about Christians is the, sometimes the peace amongst the chaos they feel almost like it's like you know how can you just be at peace with something when you know there's all this shit going on and uh you know it's um i guess i would say ultimately like i can't relate to that i don't i mean i feel i feel a i guess an underlying piece of that things are going to work out the way that i believe them to and You know, there's that, but that on piled on top of that is so much garbage of doubt and, um, you know, questions that, that have no answer and it's, you're just, and it, and that's a, that's one thing about, about Christians is they tend to be some of the laziest thinkers that I know because, you know, so many that I've grew up with and stuff. And it's, I think a lot of it goes back to what Todd was saying earlier about, Trusting God's will. Everything's God will. Well, if I say that, you know what that does? That absolves me of all responsibility mm, to get yep. better, To be no, better. I don't have to worry about those things because God's yeah. got it. I don't have to get smarter. I don't have to interact <laughs> with people. I don't want to. The question of the things that don't make sense to me. Yeah. yeah all that stuff. And it's it's very and i I think I've I think I've admitted to as such in my own life at, at periods of time where it's like I get so uh beaten down and disconnected from the outside world just due to like how shitty it is sometimes and it's easy to just get down and you crawl under the blankets and you know god's got it and and mm-hmm. stop living and stop uh improving and stop interacting with society because you're using that as an excuse to you know well god please help me get this job you know i'm not going to do anything to better myself to get it but you know let me get it please and if i don't get it well then it was just your will i don't get it i'll ask you for something else it's like it it's it's a very uh, yeah it's a very simple minded thing trap that I see too many Christians fall into and it's just the the God's got it type of mentality of well you know anybody if you read your Bible God is, He's working through you He's He's building His kingdom through you and if you're a piece of shit then you're doing nothing you and know you're the
2: saying to whom much is given much is required yeah exactly it, it, <clears throat> it it's
1: it, it, I I feel like, um, you know, Christians need need to be excelling at understanding current events, politics, science, uh, other cultures and stuff like that. Because otherwise, how are you to engage? Would you think that, that just because you believe in your small little family and your small little circle of friends, you guys might all share the same thoughts, that's making any change in the world at all? Not at all. It's like you have to be able to intelligently engage with the world and be a you know to be a participant in it and um a lot of times Christian and i've said you know in my own life my faith has been an excuse to be lazy to be slothful and that's just the ultimate slap in the face i think to everything i believe um
3: yeah i remember hearing a story about um you talk about religion and the story goes that, you know, there's person wakes up and there's flooding all around their house. And they look out and they say, oh, my gosh, the, there's flood. And so they start praying to God, like, God, please give me an answer. What should I do? You know, person comes along and says, hey, you know, if you want, I'll carry you through this. You know, it's not too deep. I can carry you across. Oh, no, I'm waiting for an answer from God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they go, you know, water keeps getting deeper and deeper. So now they're up at the second story and they're like, oh, please, God, please give me an answer. And, you know, this boat comes along and says... Come on, jump on. We'll we'll get you out of there. She's like, no, I'm still waiting for an answer from God. And you know, they're like, okay. So then they take off, and then next thing you know, she's up on the roof because like this is getting really deep. And the helicopter comes in and lowers down a ladder and say, please jump on. You know, we can get you. No, 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 I'm still waiting for an answer for God. And then all of a sudden, she drowns. She goes to the prelegation. She's like, God, I was praying to you. What, you know, what happened? I didn't hear an answer. And he's like, What do you think all those people were that I just sent past you? (laughs) I've (laughs) heard
1: one like that too. Like especially like people that like to, you know. Christians that just, they beg for signs all the time. Give me a sign. And they're like, yeah, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night and I, and I, and I slammed my toe against the dresser. And I said, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? And Lord said, turn on the damn light. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. like, you just sometimes get way overthinking into yes. all these, you know. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. You know, the, you, 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 these, these fascinations about, you know, God being your uh your life jacket and you know he's going to move you around like a piece on a chessboard yes. it's like that's not how that's not how it goes right no, probably not i'll tell you what we uh we
0: could probably go on for quite a long time but let's let's wrap this bitch up uh is there any other th- topics you guys want to cover quickly that are kind of on your mind at the moment
1: i mean <laughs> i think yeah
2: pretty david thought there here. dane i uh, i just I agree with you. I think we could keep going on things. I had <laughs> well, things I, to add. To I the would certainly love to talk topic. more about like the energy part of the, like those conversations.
0: That sounds like a lot of fun to me, but perhaps another time, or perhaps uh, over some some booze. Who knows? Uh, Andrew, have any closing thoughts, sir? Um, yeah, just this was a
1: very um, one of the most enjoyable discussions I think I've I've had. Um, just in terms of everybody, you know, contributing and um, just everybody being engaging and, and paying attention and, and, and really, I think giving va- valid, you know, validation to everyone's, um, you know, views right now. And, uh, it was just, yeah, I, I kind of, I have to admit, I kind of, uh, when, when Matt told, because I was under the impression yesterday that I was coming in to do a political podcast yesterday, <laughs> I found out it was going to be this one. And I think the first thing I told Matt was, man, I, I just said, man, I don't even know if I'm in the mood to get into like some religious fight with, you know, a three on one here. And this was the exact opposite of what I, what I was fearing. And like
0: kind of you and I had talked about a little bit, obviously it was through tech. So it's, it's hard to yeah. communicate like how I was feeling, but it's like one of the big reasons why I love doing these conversations so much, whether we do them on air, off air, it doesn't matter. I love these conversations because here things are safe. You know, you're allowed to have your own opinions. No one's going to berate you for them. No one's going to make fun of you all that much. And
1: <laughs> no one's but, gonna tell you to shut up on but, your own podcast, yeah, but it's like
0: <laughs> this this I want this to be a place where we can have these conversations that I think are desperately needed in today's society because they're so mm. lacking because most people you talk to they shut down instantly or they get defensive and they start yelling and screaming and it's like, no, it's like we're allowed to disagree, we're allowed to have difference of opinions and i I hope I hope that it helps others to have these same kind of conversations in their lives as well. Sure. So I, I appreciate that so much. But again, because I, mean, I know you guys and I love you guys and I knew that it wasn't going to be super bad, which is why I was like, get your ass over here. Yeah, like, I, don't, I, just, don't stay I like home. to be a drama queen about everything. It's obviously. okay. <laughs> so we, we love you. And I, I appreciate you being here. Uh, Todd, any closing thoughts, sir?
3: No, I, I I agree. I thought it was a great conversation, Dane It was fun listening to some of your talks and I'd love to hear more from both of you guys because you're, knowledge of the quantum physics and all that kind of stuff is i hated physics in college when you guys started
0: that i'm like god i'm so fucking stupid <laughs> trust me
3: i'm an engineer and i still felt the same way i'm like fuck man this is ing- this is some shit i don't even know what you guys are talking about right now but this is cool it's a great topic but anyway it was a great conversation the the thing that i was going to leave with so i, I heard somebody say this the other day and it, it was just like well that's really depressing they said you know because they always talk about well when you when you're dying, like they, they just say, go to the light. And then they go, "What if you're going to the light, and the next thing you know, that light is actually you being reborn again?" And the reason why you're crying is because you're like, "Shit, <laughs> I don't have to do this again." Yeah, and that's oh. why you're crying as a baby. And I'm like, "God, that's a terrible thought." <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's true because we don't we, we don't remember like the first few years of our life. So yes. what if that whole first year was just literally sitting in a in like a crib like just being like, Are you kidding me? Yeah, like,
3: seriously. I don't want to do this well, again hey, right now.
1: What's what's
0: the like I'd rather much do that than be in the empty or yes. be in hell forever. Absolutely. So so <laughs> game on, let's do this thing. Yeah, right, right. Maybe this is hell. Who knows?
1: Maybe we're working through it right now. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Uh Dane, in closing thoughts, sir? Uh I had one that is based on kind of what you're saying um so i know you said you wanted to wrap up but i just i really wanted to get this out there that's fine so uh years ago had a friend pass away uh killed overseas and found out about it and i remember like that night i go on facebook i don't know why facebook it just like it seemed like the only outlet at the time because it was like 11:30 at night when i found out and i wrote out like god you better have a damn good reason for that one To which uh, my biodad dad responds to it. And he's like, if he did, would you be open enough to know what it was? And I remember, I was so pissed. I was like, I'm grieving. Not that he knew that. I was like, and that's your response? That's what you're going to say in response to that? Because I had the same thought of, like, why this? Like how is that part of a plan? How is that being in control? How does that in any way serve a purpose, move things forward? And then in hindsight like looking back on it and realizing like that's exactly why he's asking. No. I-, I don't. I would not be open to it in that moment. And like to to your point, where like being able to not be lazy in that. It does bring peace. But I, I think from the outside looking in, that peace isn't apathy. And I think that that is aggravating. Because I think that's what David had. And I didn't. And I saw him being able to be peaceful about something like that. Yeah. And I, I was... I was angry at him. Like I don't know, it was exaggerated because of the the circumstances like fueling that anger towards him. But I saw that as calm. I was like, you don't deserve to be calm. The situation does not warrant being at peace. And not understanding that mixed in with that is a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of concern, anxiety. It's just that from the outside looking in when you didn't understand it, It
1: looked like laziness. Sure. Like I don't want to have to deal with it. Right.
2: I'll just, I'll take comfort in knowing it's part of a plan. And the fact that I didn't feel comfort wasn't, wasn't a reflection on him as laziness. It was me not having an understanding and being closed off to it. And it's just, that was a thought that came up that I thought, you know, warranted being said just based on the conversation. Um, But I would also like to say thank you because like we started off, I don't get to have these conversations very often, the handful of times that I have. um, They've ended very badly to, you know, put it plainly. Um, I have lost friends over telling them what I think. I have uh, caused some serious fights that did not end relationships but definitely changed them um it is not often that i meet people who are willing to have them let alone sit through the entire thing um and even more rarely have something that they are willing to contribute of their own with an open mind so to that extent uh thank you very much
4: Mm -hmm. well
2: let's be honest that's why we're here. And
0: that's why I told you like when we had that conversation last time it's like, I know some peeps. Don't you worry. So, <laughs> like like obviously, like did we accomplish anything today? No, absolutely not. But is it a fun and interesting thing to do to maybe ponder on later? Yeah, absolutely. I'll be interested to come back to this one and re-listen to it because again, like a lot of this was like like, holy shit, I'm stupid. this is way over my head. It's, it's, <laughs> this this is fun, but it's it's still it's i I think it's it's so important again to have these kind of tough conversations with an open mind and a heart and not to just try to make someone believe what you believe or whatever. let's just talk and let's see where things go. It's interesting. But I definitely would love to cover more of like the energy idea like in in the future. I think that would be a lot of fun. So maybe perhaps we'll have to do a round two. Who knows? But we've been blabbering on for quite long enough here. So we will let you guys go. And uh, boyos, again, love you guys. Thank you so much again. And uh, we will see you guys next time. All right. Well, that wraps up a fantastic episode. That was one that I was really looking forward to and it did not disappoints. That was a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that half as much as the four of us did. As I know that I am really excited to listen back to this one and kind of ponder on some more of the things that we had talked about. But certainly I do want to cover more of the energy kind of side of that. That's something that's been kind of stuck in my mind for a little while of you know, how does our energy come to be? Where does it go after? Was it anything before? Was it changed to something? I don't know. I would love to bounce off of these guys and see what they think about those kind of thoughts as well. Is some of those things have been keeping me up at night. But I think that that's the good thing to be like keeping you up at night and not the fact that you just can't sleep. It's like, no, it's, it's pondering. You know, the meaning of life and what's going on and where are we going after? and Where were we before? Those kind of questions. Those are the things that I'm having a lot of fun with. And hopefully, like I said, you guys enjoyed that, you know, half as much as we did. Because I know we had a blast. Uh, if you guys are still listening this long into the damn podcast, thank you so much for your support. It really does mean the world to me. I know I say it all the time, but I really do mean it. Uh, I love doing the podcast. It's a lot of fun for me. And I hope that some others enjoy it and get something out of it as well. But if not, I still want to do it because I'm getting great stuff out of it. And I'm really enjoying my time. And I love sitting down and, and having these kind of conversations. You know, some of the other ones are fun too. Like, don't get me wrong. But these are the, really the conversations that, that get me ramped up but uh the the biggest thing we can do right now to support the show if you guys want to do that is to go out and leave it a five star review uh that's the biggest thing we can do right now and then obviously uh share it with your friends talk about it on social media do all that kind of stuff as well and uh Hopefully we can expose the show to some new people. And then now uh, there is a way to contact the show. If you do have any questions for any of our regular guests or if you have any topics that you would like us to cover, uh, feel free to go to uncensoredhumanity.com and fill out the contact us form. And you can also uh, send us an email at uncensoredhumanitypodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And those will land in my inbox So if you have any suggestions uh, for topics you want to see covered or you have any questions of any of the regular guests, shoot those our way and we will do our best to answer them on the podcast. But that is all we have time for this week. So we will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanity.